This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. Today, the Quicken Loans Race for Heroes 500 from Phoenix Raceway. From Phoenix International Raceway, this is NASCAR Live. Now back to your host, Woody King. Getting set for today's Quicken Loans Race for Heroes 500. Let's go to the starting grid now. And Winston Kelly is with a driver who truly is in an all-or-nothing situation today. Yeah, he's in the situation when and he's in. It's happened before plenty of times, uh, even the last couple of years in this chase format, of course, with Kevin Harvick doing it last year. Joey Logano qualified 14th, but a lot of folks in the garage we talked to said that 22 is kind of sneaky fast. How do you feel about the race car? I think we're decent you know i don't think uh maybe we're not the dominant race car but uh i feel like we're a top five race car and that's what uh, this team can make uh, some magic with for sure so i'm excited about what this uh, penzo ford's got i think uh we just got to work our way towards the front we got to be methodical about it. it's still a long race but uh you know have the right strategy and then um you know all or nothing at the end you mentioned strategy that's one of the things todd gordon's good at watkins Glen comes to mind the way he took maybe a seventh or eighth place car took it to victory lane so have you talked about different scenarios that if you're not up front what you need to do to get up front <laughs> that's not my area of expertise we uh we all have our area in this race team on, on uh you know their, their specialty and where they're they're best at and todd's obviously really good at that stuff and um, I don't tell him how to call the race. He doesn't tell me how to drive the car. We give each other our opinions, but uh, ultimately it's uh, it's our decision in our area. <laughs> if anybody can make one of those unique calls, it's Todd Gordon and Joey Logano with his six wins this year shown he can take it to the front. Absolutely he can. And who would have guessed that after winning three straight chase races, Joey Logano would find himself with his back against the wall today. Steve Post, a little bit different situation where you are, a guy who's pretty much been flying under the radar in this championship battle. Yeah, flying under the radar. We've called him all kinds of things from uh, the little team that could and everything. Martin Truex Jr. shaking his head no. You guys are not flying under the radar. Uh, how do you... How do you think this uh, stacks up for you here today? I feel pretty good about it. I think we, uh, we've we had a good weekend. We've got a good starting spot, good pit stall, and uh car's been decent. hasn't been uh, the fastest car here by any means, but we've been working on that. So uh, I don't know. We'll see what we got today. Hopefully this, this rain will get out of here. I can't believe it's raining in the desert, but we're, uh, we're looking forward to it, and we're going to put our best out there, and uh, hopefully we can get it done. There's all kinds of scenarios out here. Are, do you pay any attention to that, or do you just leave that to somebody else to pay attention to all those scenarios? No, all we got to do is uh, is our job. We got to focus on the things we can control, and that's you know getting this '78 car up front and staying there all day. So, like I said, we uh, we weren't 100 percent happy with it in practice yesterday, and we're going to have some work to do. So it's uh, it's going to be a battle. We're going to we're going to fight like we do every other week and uh, get the best result we can get. Little team that could, underdog team, whatever you call them, have a good run today. They're going to be championship contender. That's Martin Truex Jr. Rolls from the fifth spot here this afternoon. All right, thanks, Steve. Time now for the Toyota Racing Driver Spotlight. Let's go trackside to Pete Pistoni, who's with a guy who has not made it this far in the chase or this format before. And that would be Kyle Busch getting high fives here from Clint Boyer as he goes up for driver introduction. Dominated yesterday, Kyle. I guess the obvious question is, does any of that translate to today at all? Uh, a little bit, a little bit, maybe, you know, we'll just uh, see how much does exactly. But, uh, you know, we had a really good car in practice yesterday. The M&M's Camry got better and better as we progressed. And I'm looking forward to it today. You know, it was the closest that we've gotten in my cup car to feel like my Xfinity car. And um, I feel like our speed has mimicked that a little bit. And we're definitely closer than we were here years past. In terms of the championship, we talked a lot about pressure. Do you feel it? And how are you handling it? Uh, years past, I've, I've sort of felt pressure, obviously, earlier in the chase, you know, and always kind of nervous about it. But 
this year for some reason there's there's no I don't feel any of that you know it's really good I'm, I'm actually proud of myself I guess that that I don't feel that but I think also you know I'm playing with house money so uh, might as well go out there and go get it good luck thanks all right that's Kyle Busch gonna roll off here tent today in the M&M's crispy Toyota this Toyota Racing Spotlight is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota Racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Back to the grid and Winston Kelly. Uh, one of the guys that's uh, going to be making a start here has already locked himself in to the chase for the NASCAR Sprint Cup. Of course, we're talking about Jeff Gordon, who won a couple of weeks ago at uh, Martinsville. Of course, if we can get a quick comment. Jeff. Jeff Gordon Raceway today, but I know you're focused on the race itself. So did you get the car dialed in like you wanted? I know you weren't happy in that first practice. Yeah, we never really got it uh, exactly where we want in practice, but it's amazing how the pace you know changes in the race, and we seem to always find a way to be more competitive when the green flag drops. This rain's certainly going to change that a little bit. So, but, you know, happy with where we're starting and, and just happy with uh, the way this team has been executing and performing. We seem to always get more out of it, especially when it counts most. Knowing that you guys are locked in, what kind of liberties does that give you and Alan Gustafson to do approaching the race to try to keep somebody else out by winning again? Yeah, I think our goal is just to, to keep the intensity high. You know, we know that that's what it's going to take next week. Uh, we got to perform at a high level and, and, you know, keep the pressure on our competitors, but just show what we're capable of as a team. And I think that's really our strength. Uh, I think we're the strongest team out here because we've had to overcome a lot of adversity this year. We've not had it easy. Uh, you know, and, and I think that while we haven't always had the, the, the cars at some and the speed of the cars that some of the others have, I think that we feel like we're going to be able to bring that next Sunday and that uh, we're going to bring this intensity that and, 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 and leadership and teamwork that you're going to see today. Two out of his 93 career wins here at Phoenix hopes to make it three today. He'll do it from the 11th starting position. Let's hear from today's pole sitter now presented by DraftKings.com. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson does roll from the pole position here this afternoon at Phoenix International Raceway. Of course, it's been a good seven days for Jimmy. Picked up the win at Texas last week. So, Jimmy, fast race car again here at Phoenix and qualifying. How was it in race conditions yesterday in practice? Yeah, we've had a really good weekend. And you know, this track, we used to come here with high hopes all the time, put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And then it's been repaved, and it's just a different animal. So, uh, to unload and have the speed we did right off the truck, to qualify so well, to practice yesterday so well, uh, we're feeling really good about things. I think... It's going to be tough to get through the 41 and the 4, but those cars are looking really strong, but we're, we're right there with them. You're not in the chase. We've talked so much about that and everything like that, but uh, are you conscious of those guys in the chase, or are you just on your own mission to get the trophy here today? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely aware. Um, you know, I also remember who's been very respectful to me when I've been in championship battles and, and who hasn't. So, uh, you know, definitely just going to go out there and race hard, and I'm going to do everything I can to win this race for Lowe's and Chevrolet. Um, also got a very cool paint scheme on the race car, and we're honoring the 14,000 vets that work in Lowe's stores. So it, it's uh, a very, very cool day for us. Um, you know, go have some fun, go for a trophy, and obviously be aware of what's going on around me. That's Jimmy Johnson. He'll lead the field to green here later on this afternoon. That interview was presented by DraftKings. Use code FUEL to play one-week fantasy football at DraftKings for free with your first deposit in Sunday's million-dollar fantasy contest only at DraftKings.com. Let's go back to the grid where Pete Pistoni is with the only guy not named Kevin Harvick to win here in the last five years. And his name would be Carl Edwards standing here talking to Martin Truex Jr. and Jimmy Johnson. I thought it was interesting when we asked you about pressure this week and dealing with it. You said, pressure, this is fun. How is this fun, Carl? Well, anybody around me knows that I put a bunch of pressure on myself anyway. And um, 
but really all of us, if you look at the group of guys we're racing against, all of us want to be in this position. We want to have a chance at the championship, and that doesn't come without pressure. I learned through my battles with, with Tony, especially in 2011, that that is just, that's a dream come true to be in a position to, to try to go win it. So hopefully we can make it through today, advance to Homestead, and, and be in that position again. Um, it's so much fun racing for these championships. Good luck. Thanks a lot. All right, that's Carl Edwards again. He has a car he believes is much better this weekend than it was back here in the spring. We'll see what he has. Did I say years? I meant races. Last five races, the only guy not named Kevin Harvick who's won here. Okay, thanks, Pete. More to come on NASCAR Live Race Day in a moment. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Let's go back to what is now a fairly wet garage area where Steve Post is standing by with a guy who's got to be pretty happy because he has the all-time winningest driver behind the wheel of his car at Phoenix International Raceway. Yeah, indeed. That's Rodney Childers. He's the crew chief on the uh, Budweiser Chevrolet for Kevin Harvick. Rodney, um, interesting, and, and Rusty Wallace is in our booth, and we talked about something that you and I and we talked about throughout the weekend. Our conventional wisdom is you've won the last three. Just come back with what's worked so well. Tell our listeners why that doesn't work. Yeah, it really never works that way. This uh, the evolution of the sport and and how much it changes from um, you know every six months when you go back to somewhere is uh, is a pretty big deal. You know, I mean, you can still get by with some of the basic stuff that you do, but um, you got to keep adjusting. You got to keep making your cars better and your setups better. And um, I feel like we've done that. You know, I, I don't think we're quite as fast as what we've been here the last three times, but overall. Uh, we've made the car better as the weekend has went on. I felt like our last sticker run was really fast, and uh, hopefully we made it a little bit better this morning. We'll see. When you look at making it a little bit better this morning, are those from historical notes or those from teammate notes? How do you how do you reach into the bag and pull out some tricks overnight? Uh, you really just got to go with what your gut tells you to do. That's normally uh, the right thing to do, and try not to overthink things and, and do what you think's right. And um, you know, I feel like that, that we've done some good things overnight, and, and hopefully it can make a, a big difference to what we had. The bad news is the, is this rain. Um, the the racetrack is going to be way different than what we had at the end of happy hour. Uh, I feel like we're going to be out of control loose at the beginning of the race, and and uh, hopefully we can we can manage that and, and take care of it until we get some rubber back on the racetrack and, and um, get things rolling. Finally, all the differences, time elapsing, different race car, different setup and everything. The one thing that's constant is Kevin Harvick, and he's won the last three with you as a crew chief, but even won four back, driver for Richard Childress Racing. How good is Kevin at this racetrack? 
He's really good, you know. Um, you know. The biggest thing I see with him is, you know, even in the spring, we didn't feel like we had a good race car at the end of happy hour. We made a few changes going into the race, but he just gets in the race and figures out what works for him. Uh, you know, he may run the top on both ends for a while. He may run the apron on both ends for a while. And he just uh, moves around, figures out uh, what he needs to do in the car to make things work for him. And, and um, you know, he's pretty amazing really everywhere we do. We talk, we talk about how good he is here, but uh, I haven't found anywhere that he's not good at. So um, he does a good job for us, and hopefully uh, this rain is stopped and we get a good race going. There he is. That uh, He's right about that. Harvick's pretty good everywhere we go. That's Rodney Childers. He is the reigning champion crew chief and the reigning race winner crew chief here at Phoenix International Raceway. Crew chief for Kevin Harvick. Boy, and the, the phrase that jumped out at you right there is out of control loose when we start this thing. He's right. Temperatures were 15 degrees or so warmer yesterday during happy hour practice. Now the rain on the track, the air tightens out there trying to get it dried out. Some patches of sun and blue sky poking through, but the rain is continuing to come down. Meanwhile, as we've been focusing on the chase so heavily, and rightfully so, since we're so close to the end of the season now, we've got a feel-good story to tell you about with Winston Kelly, who's in the garage with a guy who is perhaps the proudest papa in all of Phoenix this weekend. Yeah, let's talk to Dad Gilliland first. Then we'll talk to David Gilliland. Of course, we're talking about uh, David, whose son, Todd, as a 15-year-old, won his very first NASCAR K&N West Series race. Uh, tell us about what that was like as a father to see that happen. Uh, it was incredible. Very, very special day, obviously. And, uh, my dad was here too, and, and uh, so we got some pretty special pictures of my dad, myself, and Todd in Victory Lane, and um, you know, just so many memories here. And, and um, you know, I remember coming here as a kid when I was 15 years old, hanging on the fence from the outside, not being old enough to be get into the racetrack first off, and uh, and watching my dad struggle to try and make a, a cup race here, and, and um, I, he didn't make the race. So. Um, you know, and then through the years, you know, watching my dad have success and, and, and my racing career and, and now to be able to see Todd have the success that he's had at, at such an early age and um, the stuff that he's been able to accomplish has just been uh, mind boggling to me. And the fans that don't know, his dad is Butch Gilliland, so quite a lineage on the what's the predecessor to the NASCAR K&N series, which uh, goes back to the NASCAR Winston West series that your dad had so much success. So that's got to even add to the, the family atmosphere and how special it was. It was. Um, you know, I don't know. I haven't done any research, but that's three generations of Gillands now that have won in the K&N series. And I don't know if, if you know who, if that's happened or how many other times it's happened, but. Um, yeah, very, very proud, and um, it was really special coming here and, and working with the officials and, uh, you know, having so many of them, um, you know, have stories of, of me working on my dad's car, teching my dad's cars, then teching my cars, now teching my son's cars, and so um, just a lot of great people. We've spent a lot of time in the, in the K&N series and Winston West series over the years, and um, Ken Clapp, and, and just so many great people over there that have, uh, you know, been 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 there for for so much of my career and now to have them be there for for uh, such a big step in my son's career was uh it was just a very very special day uh, phoenix is a place that you've raced on a lot and you said friday kind of tongue-in-cheek you're going to go ask for some tips from todd so how is the love travel stop forward going this weekend for you david uh, it's going it's going okay i mean you know our uh, love travel stop forward is um you know we, we've been fighting turn and, and getting it to turn and 
um, in, in three and four, which we, with Todd, we, we rode around here in a rental car because he had never been here and uh, or, or on the racetrack. And I told him the whole time, I said, man, right here, right in the middle of three and four is what we've got to work on in practice and get it to turn and, and get a good, you make that front straightaway as long as you can when you get back to the gas. And that's kind of the same thing that we've been struggling with trying to, to get our uh, car to do. So uh, we got it better there at the end of practice, found some things that, that helped that particular spot and, and um, you know, made some more adjustments. Donnie Wingo, he's had a lot of success here over the years and um, so we've made some adjustments for today and, and can't wait to get going I cannot believe it's raining though <laughs> I've been here since Tuesday uh, you know with my son and and uh, just being here and and the weather's been beautiful it's been so nice and now it's raining I can't believe it it probably doesn't rain 30 days a year out here in Phoenix but uh, David Gillen a very proud father and if you want to put it in perspective how much these type wins mean when Terry Labonte was asked after he had gotten into the NASCAR Hall of Fame what does he remember as one of his most special wins? He said, when his son Justin won in what is now the NASCAR Xfinity race. So you think these dads aren't proud? They absolutely are, and happy for them. Boy, and I don't think he's stopped grinning uh, ever since uh, that big win last Thursday. We had that one for you live here on Motor Racing Network uh, and MRN.com. It was just a, a cool sight. The whole industry was just elated for the Gillilands after that victory. The rain continues here at Phoenix International Raceway. Track drying continues as well. Fans milling about. We'll take another quick time out here on NASCAR Live Race Day and be back with more in just a moment. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Napa! Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Getting set for the Quicken Loans Race for Heroes 500. If you are expecting the green to already be waved by now and you're joining us a little bit late, we have had a little rain here at the track. The Air Titans are out there doing their work now to get it dry, and we are hopeful of getting it underway shortly. But meantime, you're getting a lot of bonus coverage here at NASCAR Live Race Day. Uh, among that is uh, Winston Kelly, who's in the garage right now with a guy who has perhaps the busiest driver of any here this weekend. That would be Eric Jones, who's driving the Dollar General Toyota, of course, substituting for Matt Kenseth with Jason Radcliffe. And, uh, Jason, we were just talking about Eric and his maturity, which is incredibly uncommon at 19, that you don't teach. How can you articulate that to, uh, to the race fans about that maturity that he has? Well, I've been uh, fortunate enough to work with um, some young drivers, you know, in the last uh, 15 years that I've, I've been in the sport. And uh, very seldom do you get both talent and, you know, a level of maturity, especially just, you know, the few number of, ra number of races that Eric's been in. So he does a great job. I know last week at Texas, uh, that's a long race, you know, 500 miles. And we went through quite a bit of adversity throughout the day. 
um, and he handled it just like a pro. Being that it was such a long race, was there a point that he came on uh, having never raced beyond 300 miles, I believe, that he said, how much longer to go? Did that happen last weekend? Well, he didn't in the car, but once he got out, he was like, wow, that's, that's a long way. I don't think he, you know, he's in pretty good shape. So I don't think it was a uh, physical or, you know, or mentally stressful. It's just it's a long time to sit in the car, especially, uh, you know, when you're used to uh, truck races or Xfinity races. Uh, it's, it's 500 miles, a long way to go. How good a race car does he have? And, and what would you guys consider success this afternoon here at Phoenix in the Cup Series? Well, we've been uh, we've been back and forth. The car, uh, you know, the Dollar General Camry was pretty good off the truck the other day. Got a good qualifying uh, effort on Friday, uh, decent pit stall. Yesterday in practice, we bounced back and forth. We were decent at times, and other times we struggled. Uh, but, you know, where we're starting in the top ten, if we could get out of here today with the top ten, I think that would be a successful day. As Jason Radcliffe calls the shots this weekend for Eric Jones, and, of course, Matt Kenseth will be in back in the car next weekend at Miami Homestead, a track on which he runs very well. Absolutely. Eric qualified seventh, and he's been very busy here this weekend, but in a good way. Earlier I had asked Eric uh, what was something he was looking forward to do uh, in the offseason that he doesn't get a chance to do or couldn't during the regular season, and the first thing out of his mouth, sleep. He's still a teenager, and that's exactly what a lot of them want to do. But Winston mentioned that uh, situation a little bit earlier we were talking about, and let's bring Pete Pistoni back in here where we were talking uh, with about Matt Kenseth, and he'll be back next week. Uh, on MRN.com, Pete, I know you had a lot of the comments from the King yesterday when he was holding forth in the garage area, and it was interesting to hear what he had to say about that whole Matt Kenseth situation. Well, it's funny because you know, the King, when you ask him a question, you get an answer, a straightforward answer. And basically, when he was asked what he thought about the situation between Kenseth and Logano at Martinsville and was the punishment warranted, the two-race punishment that NASCAR handed out, the King said basically he thought Kenseth got off light. He thought it should have been maybe three races. And the point that the King was making and that Richard reiterated was he just felt it was so blatant and so purposeful that it was hard to say that it was anything but payback and retaliation and, and not a racing incident on the racetrack. And, and I think the other part of what Richard was trying to get at, and we've had some other people, would he tell me the same thing over the weekend? By bringing Matt back next week at Homestead, he's certainly going to be someone we're all going to want to talk to in the media. Does that sort of, in a way, take the eye off the ball and the focus off the championship four race and the four drivers who are running for the championship? So very interesting perception from the King, who also then talked about some of the things that he did, obviously, behind the wheel of the race car back in the day. And, yeah. yeah, and, you know, he didn't shy away from certainly there were times where he didn't see eye to eye with somebody. But the way that he addressed it then is he said he just went and approached them and they talked about it face to face. And he said, you know, that's how you kind of nip this in the bud, if you will. Yeah. And uh, that didn't ha obviously happen between Matt and Joey. He didn't just text people back in the day? No, no. <laughs> you know, back in the day, yeah, there were you know, no texting, no, uh, no no, social media, none of that stuff. It was just a face-to-face -face meeting. So pretty, uh, pretty straightforward stuff from the King, but you expect nothing different when you talk to him. Yeah, and you can read more about that right now at MRN.com, where Pete Pistoni is our senior writer. And interestingly enough, Pete, another story there uh, has to do with Matt Kenseth as well. He spoke out this week for the first time we've heard much from him since the appeal was denied. Yeah, he had an uh, interview with the Associated Press uh, earlier this week, and, and I think the, the best way to summarize it, and again, you can check out the story at MRN.com, is Matt is not backing down from his actions and said that he had to stand up for himself. He had no idea what he did was going to result in a two-race suspension. Now, I guess in the back of his mind, maybe he would have 
thought differently had he known a suspension was coming for two races. But, you know, when he thought about it, and he's had a couple of weeks now, Woody, he said that he had to do what he had to do and that if you don't stand up for yourself, you're going to get pushed around forever. And he's kind of uh, standing by it. And, uh, you know, some people agree. And as we heard from Richard Petty, uh, some don't. So we'll see. But he will be back in that race car next week, and uh, we'll see what he does in the final race of the season at Homestead Miami Speedway. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you mentioned uh, some of the stuff that Richard Petty was saying earlier. We touched on this before, but uh, one of the big uh, items that came out of the Kings talk was that Sam Hornish Jr. Uh, will likely not be back in the number nine Fords next season. Who have you heard and who are they being talked about in terms of who might uh, take his place in that seat if it indeed comes to pass that way? Well, we asked Richard straightforwardly about would he consider a young driver? Would he consider a veteran driver? And basically he said, listen, we've got to have a combination of two things. We need a driver, obviously, that's capable of getting this car to the front, but we do need sponsorship, and those go hand in hand. So some of the names that we've heard, David Reagan, who is going to be out at Michael Waltrip Racing in two more weeks when that operation closes its doors. Yesterday on social media, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was campaigning for Regan Smith. He actually said, hey, King, on Twitter, what about Regan Smith, since obviously Regan's not going to go back to junior motorsports. So those are the two names, but I don't think anything is really and truly going to happen in the next few weeks, Woody. I don't think they're that close to any of that. But what else is interesting is some of the things that I picked up this weekend here that I'm going to write about going into Homestead Miami Speedway. Certainly the championship's going to take first and foremost attention, but planning for next year silly season isn't going to be as crazy basically just because there aren't that many open seats in the garage area wait what are Ah, you kidding me it's going to be a little bit on the quiet side and it's basically just because there aren't that many seats to fill but what is interesting about 2016 is we know we're going to have that lower aerodynamic downforce package what this year did when nascar decided to go back to the 2015 package is didn't really give anybody an opportunity to work on that package for next year so a lot of these race teams who are not in the championship picture are trying to figure out a way what they can do here, and it's kind of tough to do, replicate something in these next two races that they can maybe get a little bit of a jump start on when they're prepping for the lower aerodynamic package, which, of course, doesn't kick into the second race of the season at Atlanta after we kick things off of the Daytona 500 at Speedweeks. Yeah, right, because the, the rules packages are different, of course, for super speedways. But we've had a few tests here in the last couple of months with that 2016 package, Pete. And uh, I think after we saw it at uh, Kentucky, saw it at Darlington almost unanimously. In fact, I haven't heard any of the drivers say, nope, I don't like this package. Everybody believes that's the direction we should be going. Yeah, you're exactly right. And the other good thing about it, in my estimation, is, and I had some time to talk with Greg Stucker from Goodyear, is now Goodyear has time to come up with a tire that's going to match all these racetracks that we go to with this lower aerodynamic package. Again, remember, we didn't have that opportunity when the package was run last year at Kentucky. We did have it at Darlington. So the good news is, and they're hard at work, as you can imagine, with all the tires that they have to create and match up for these racetracks with this lower aero package so when we roll that out the tire will coordinate with it and i think that will in my estimation make the racing that much better so yeah we've got two races to go we got a huge story ahead of us here today who's going to be in the championship but who's going to win the championship next year but you know as well as i do you don't pump the brakes much in the world of nascar we got a lot to talk about for 2016 already yeah and you guys are treating this so seriously you're actually bringing jeff wackerlin out of mothballs and sending him down to homestead right yeah it's uh, boots on the ground woody that's what we need <laughs> next week so and, and you know we will have that all covered next week we've got a lot of business here at phoenix but we're going to be actually there starting on thursday with the champions four press conference the four drivers the three that come out of here and jeff gordon and then three big racing uh nights and days there with the truck series the xfinity series and the sprint cup series so 
It's going to be all hands on deck, the broadcasting as far as we do from the digital side as well at MRN.com. Yeah, great way to wrap up the season. All right, Pete, thanks very much. Check it out. There's a lot of cool stuff other than the main headline stories you see at the top at MRN.com. Also, one-on-ones to give you an idea of the technical aspects of the car and how you can learn what the thing, the terms we use when we're talking. And one of the guys who uh, talks uh, about that technical part of our racing program when he's on pit road is Steve Post, who's still in the garage now. Yeah, kind of hanging in the garage, and I think it's story hour down here. So uh, lots of stories, lots of lies being told down here, I'm sure. But I want to slide in here. Kyle Larson is ready to roll off. Kyle, uh, first off, just uh, the car. Looks like you had a good qualifying run. How was practice yesterday for your car once we go racing here tonight? Yeah, we uh, qualified well. Um, You know, Friday I thought we were really good qualifying trim, but race trim I thought we were not good at all. And then uh, yesterday in race trim I thought they made some good changes, good adjustments, and and thought we were pretty competitive. Uh, We were really good on, like, short run speed, but long run we weren't great. So um, hopefully maintain track position and and stay up front and have a good shot at the end of the race. But uh, looking forward to it whenever the track does get dry um, and, and looking forward to getting home too. This racetrack, does it give you options as far as wheeling a race car? We know you're a you're a sprint car open wheel driver as far as that goes. Is this one of those tracks that uh, that you can move around a little bit and find some find some place to make the car work a little better? Uh, just a little bit. Uh, you can you can split. You know you can put your left sides below the apron down there in three and four, help it turn. Uh, you know actually you know the middle groove to three and four is not bad. Uh, and, and one and two, uh, you can move up. You know where there's some more banking and kind of help your exit some too. So, uh, but. You know, the fast guys always win just running the bottom, painting the yellow line each corner. So, um, but yeah, it's a, it's getting a little bit of age on it, I guess, and, and starting to uh, become slicker and, and uh, you know, widen out just a little bit. Beyond NASCAR Sprint Cup Series racing, on Monday afternoon, you had a chance actually to team back up with your sprint car guys. First full season with the World of Outlaws, Shane Stewart, your driver, second in the point standings with their first full season. I would dare say you'd have to be pretty proud of the way that your World of Outlaw team performed over the course of this year. Oh, for sure. Shane and uh, all the guys did a great job uh, all season long. You know, this was uh, any other year, this would have been a championship contending season, but Donnie just, you know, kicked everybody's butt all year long. I think he won 31 races, which is incredible. So uh, Shane was in the double digits as far as wins, but uh, not even close to Donnie. But uh, yeah, he was consistent. Um, You know, he was really fast. and, And you know, Scotty, Andrew, Heath, they all work really well together. And, uh, you know, I know they're already looking forward to next season. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to going to Volusia, watching them start their year. And hopefully hopefully uh, I can make it to next year's banquet also and uh, be celebrating a championship. Now, they went on a little celebratory tour of Nashville, Tennessee. Did you get a chance to spend any time over there with them? Yeah, I went with them. Uh, we went to the banquet uh, Monday afternoon, and we left straight for Nashville after that. And uh, did some fun, fun stuff, hung out with the, the guys from American Born Moonshine, did some Moonshine Taste and went to uh, a hockey game uh, and really just did a lot of drinking and uh, enjoying some good music. So uh, it's a good time. Good time indeed. And hopefully have a good time here today once we get racing. Yeah, thank you. There we go. That's Kyle Larson. He drives the Target Chevrolet for uh, Ganassi Racing with Felix Sabatis and uh, hoping to get started here. He had a good qualifying run on Friday. Good week this week, celebrating with his sprint car team and uh, 
hoping to cap off the week with a great run here this afternoon. Yeah. Hey, Steve, hang on a second. I was there uh, yesterday when we were doing the practice sessions and was hanging around Kyle's uh, garage stall. Rico Abreu was there most of the day, his buddy. But uh, one of the cool things was seeing the reaction of his crew chief, Chris Heroy, when they slapped on some sticker tires and jumped up to fourth on the board. He was fist pumping, and I went over and asked him what they did, and he grinned and said, I just had some of that magic crew chief dust I sprinkled on there and made it go real fast. These guys, uh, this is where I wanted to go with you, asking yep. about in terms of what they did yesterday, and we heard a little bit of it from Rodney Childers earlier. It's almost back to square one now, isn't it? Well, let, let's find out about that. Uh, Woody was just asking about the um, new tires yesterday, jumped up to four spot uh magic crew chief dust is what it was referred to and um but with this with this racetrack out here today and what we have is it almost going to go back to square one as far as track conditions and and uh, tires and that sort of thing i don't know I, yeah i guess so um, yeah but you know there was lots of rubber on it you know laid down after after the xfinity race yesterday um now i imagine a lot of that's washed off but uh I don't know, this place has always got lots of grip, whether it's got lots of rubber on it or not. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if it'll change a bunch, but uh, we just got to wait and see, I guess. Wait and see. That's what happens, Woody. There's your answer to the magic crew chief dust from yesterday. We'll wait and see here today. Track drawing continuing at Phoenix, back with more NASCAR Live Race Day in a moment. Alex, let's revisit uh, what we're doing. What's at stake here? We mentioned that Jeff Gordon, uh, by virtue of his win at Martinsville, automatically advanced into the championship four next weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway. We also talked about Joey Logano uh, by virtue of a 37th place finish and a 40th place finish. That 37th place finish came at Martinsville, finished 40th a week ago at Texas, finds himself in a must-win situation. So you got Jeff Gordon at one extreme, you got Joey Logano at another extreme, and then you got six other drivers in the middle. In the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series, Jeff, you get one point per position on the racetrack. So Kyle Busch is second in the point standings. He is plus 11 points to the good from being on that cutoff line. Behind him is Kevin Harvick. He's 10 points to the good. Martin Truex Jr. is the fourth and final car that's in good shape. He's seven to the good. Of course, Jeff Gordon with the one win is at the top of the leaderboard. Now, Rusty Wallace, Carl Edwards is only seven points out of the good. When you're a driver and you know it's one point per position, you can see the golden position just in front of you. Uh, when you're behind that many points, which is not a lot, I mean, he can see what he needs to do and what he needs to accomplish. And I'll tell you, the crew guys are going to know that too. They know if they two-tire that car versus four-tire it, they might pick up 10 or 15 positions. They'll be thinking a lot about that. But these points we're talking about right now, this stuff is going to be changing all night long. So don't get set on it that this is what it is. But I will tell you, as a driver, going into this race and knowing, in, knowing that I'm in the top four in points, makes me feel real good. You know, if you were with us all day long, and I can't see any reason why you wouldn't have spent your entire day with us, you would have heard Steve Post talking with Todd Gibson about six and a half hours ago, Tony Gibson, rather. And uh, the comment that was made, Steve Post, was whatever it takes 
you were asking him about that Hail Mary pass that they've got to accomplish tonight. And he said, frankly, whatever it takes, it's life or death for this team here tonight. And it really is. And maybe go back and reflect on that conversation and perhaps share a little bit of information about what is going on right now between the drivers, NASCAR, and the crew chief as we get ready to go here. Well, that conversation with Tony Gibson and uh, hold on one second, jet dryer, of course, goes right by while we're talking. That conversation with Tony Gibson, we convert, we talked about aggressiveness. We talked about aggressiveness and setup, and of course he said with the NASCAR rules, there's not a lot you can do, but they're doing everything that is within the NASCAR rulebook. We talked about aggressiveness in calls, and he said, as we just talked about, this track lends itself to it, but when I mentioned the word to aggressive to him, he said, Kurt Busch will be aggressive behind the wheel. If we need to move somebody to take a spot, we will move somebody to take a spot, so I think aggressiveness takes over on the racetrack. Now, monitoring the current current situation here. Uh, Keith Rodden, who is a crew chief for Casey Kane, he just told Casey, and he's watching the monitor, he just told Casey, we're just barely getting clipped by a small cell right now. NASCAR has been asking drivers what they think. Kurt Busch has said, no, the track is not ready. Negative, not good as far as starting the race. That was about two minutes ago. So it is an ever-changing situation down here. NASCAR is communicating with the drivers, and uh, we'll just stay tuned on it. But back to the Tony Gibson conversation. Aggressive is the word of the night here at Phoenix International Raceway. Indeed it is, and we'll find out who's going to be the most aggressive, not only on the racetrack, but aggressive on the pit calls, too, because it's going to be difficult for a lot of these guys to pass. The field is so tightly bunched together as far as the speeds go, based off of what we saw in qualifying, you're really going to have to make some hay, and one of the best places places to do that is actually on the pit lane with your pit crew. So that is something we're going to keep a close eye on. But, Rusty, when you're a race car driver and you come down, you might want four fresh tires, but when a crew chief says, no, 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 you're going to have to go an extra stint on your left side tires, does that affect you? It it does affect me because I need to be communicating with him to tell him whether I can handle two tires as a driver or not. My car might be so far off that two tires isn't going to help me a lot. I just might have to bite the bullet and go for four and then come from the back up to the front as much as I can and then put two tires on that point. But nine times out of ten, you need to listen to what that crew chief saying because he's looking at the times he's looking where all your other competitors are at he sometimes got a better eye than you do but you got to remember the drivers always got the feel going back and just kind of revisiting some of the conversations we have had throughout the day that we cannot get behind you know i think you brought it up way back by the way the indication from the flag stand green flag in two laps two miles and we'll put them under the green flag here at phoenix can't get behind that's true really for everybody but you got 43 cars out there everybody trying that same strategy you've got to find something just a little bit different than everybody else is doing you do have to find something different and when i mentioned don't get behind that is so important i was talking to paul wolf today and he said i'm just so worried that we might put four on this thing and get behind and not have enough time to get to the front because everybody knows when you get back in that traffic, it really messes up the aerodynamics. It makes it harder to pass. But, you know, as long as they keep in their mind, I can't get behind, I can't get behind, don't make a pit call or make a mistake that gets me marred in this field. That's the big thing they're thinking about right now. No question about it. So the field working through turns three and four. The pace car has slowed the pace to the speed they're supposed to be at. The field beginning to tightly bunch behind that white Toyota Camry pace car. 
They are going to go two by two all the way back through all 43 starting positions. Jeff, as Andy Holder furls up the yellow flag and holds it in the air one lap away from going green. And that has brought this crowd here at Phoenix International Raceway to their feet in anticipation of what we expect to be a very, very exciting race. Under the lights here at Phoenix International Raceway, it was scheduled to go green about seven hours ago, and we appreciate all of you that have hung with us here on the Motor Racing Network, that is about to pay off. The American Ethanol Green Flag next time around $5.5 million on the line. More importantly, we'll figure out what other three drivers will join Jeff Gordon for a run at the championship next week at Homestead Miami Speedway. Up front, Jimmy Johnson and Kurt Busch, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Carl Edwards, Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Larson. They're together in row number three. Then it's Eric Jones and seven-time winner here, Kevin Harvick. And then you've got Jeff Gordon and Jamie McMurray. With that, we're set to go. Coming around to take the American Ethanol green flag. American Ethanol is an official partner of NASCAR. If it's good enough for NASCAR, if it's good enough for your car, American-made, American-grown, powering NASCAR. For the start, here's the Motor Racing Network's Alex Hayden. Feel to have their eyes on the flag stand as the American American Ethanol green flag goes in the air and the quick and lone race for heroes 500 is underway. The field is in turn one. Battle for the top spot is absolutely dead even with Jimmy Johnson on the low side. Kurt Busch trying to make that outside groove work. They're still wheel to wheel through the dog leg. And he's making it work in the outside lane is Kurt Busch as he takes the top spot away from Jimmy Johnson. First time into turn number three here this evening. Johnson in second. Dale Earnhardt Jr. in third. He has been fast all weekend long. Talking about Kurt Busch, he leads Jimmy Johnson, Dale Jr., Kyle Larson, and Carl Edwards. Bit of a battle there for the fourth spot. It wins away as Kyle Larson locks it down. Carl Edwards is in that fifth spot. He's feeling a lot of heat from Martin Truex Jr. That's Kevin Harvick next in line. First side-by-side battle quickly goes away. Kyle Busch moving around his Joe Gibbs Racing teammate in Eric Jones. Then they stack up behind them just outside of the top ten with Casey Kane and Jamie McMurray. All this going on behind the race leader, Kurt Busch. His advantage, six car lanes back to the west end of the track. Trying to stretch it out a little bit over Jimmy Johnson. Dale Earnhardt Jr. closing in on his teammate from that third position. Kyle Larson running all by himself in fourth. Battle for second, beginning to tighten up just a bit. Jimmy Johnson has that spot. Dale Earnhardt Jr. closing in now to within one car length off the corner. And they come now working back off turn number four. Only three laps are complete. A couple of drivers going side by side, leaving on one another. It's Jeff Gordon and Jamie McMurray. McMurray has the slight advantage when they come into the corner, and now Jeff Gordon just throws the Chevrolet in there, taps Jamie McMurray just a little bit, who's smoking from the left rear side is Jimmy McMurray. Maybe a bit of a tire rub for Jamie McMurray after contact last time by their three wide in the turn three. Joey Logano's going to pass them both to the inside of Jeff Gordon and Jamie McMurray. So Joey Logano working his way closer to the front of the field. He'll move his way to the top spot, or rather inside the top 10 into the 11th position back in one. Keeping an eye on the Jamie McMurray machine this time around. Yes, there's still smoke coming from that left rear. As you heard Kyle Ricky say, that could be a result of the slight contact with Jeff Gordon. Gets back in the line in the 12th position. Just a couple of car lengths now behind Joey Logano, who is beginning to drive away. Jeff Gordon, next car in line, followed by Austin Dillon and Denny Hamlin. Kurt Busch apparently jumped the start, and he has just received the black flag from NASCAR. The race leader, Kurt Busch, 
jumping the start, and NASCAR has black flag Kurt Busch. He is the race leader, Rusty Wallace. Oh, what a dagger for Kurt Busch. Oh, that just makes you sick as a driver. There's no doubt about that because he's got a fast car. He's leading this race right now, and you've got to believe that he is just flat, hot under the collar right now at NASCAR. No question about it. So Kurt Busch continuing to lead the field at pace. He's taken the black flag for the second time. We'll see if he'll exit the pit uh, racetrack to head for pit road this time by. Jimmy Johnson on his back bumper, poised to take the top spot past the opening to pit road. Kurt Busch says, no way. I'm not coming in. Black flag for the third time for Kurt Busch as he goes back to turn one. Here comes Kurt Busch, has a car length advantage over the second place man, Jimmy Johnson. Dale Earnhardt Jr. in third. That is a three-car breakaway up at the front. Kyle Larson all by himself in fourth and fifth is Carl Edwards. Kurt Busch this time off the pace in turn number three. It looks like he will heed the black flag this time by as Jimmy Johnson goes around him to the outside. He had no choice but to come off the racetrack. NASCAR and at the starter stand had the black flag with a white cross in it signifying we will stop scoring you if you don't bring the car onto pit road, Steve Post. And here he is on pit road, 45 miles per hour, making his way down. The crew sitting on the pit box. Tony Gibson pleaded his case with NASCAR officials, lost the case. The car just rolls by the pit box. They have a great, great race car, but they've got a long road to hold tonight. It's Kurt Busch now exits pit road and is back up to speed. In the rule book, 10-2A, jumping the start, pass-through penalty for Kurt Busch. The race leader now will go at least one lap down. And this is a driver, Alex Hayden, Rusty Wallace. Guys, this is a driver that, by all rights, also is in that kind of must-win situation. He had put himself, obviously, very early, but in exactly the spot. He yeah, I just to be. started to say when this race started, let's see who makes the first mistake. Who's going to fall victim of that very first mistake? And I started to say, jump at the restart, speeding on pit road, things like that, missing the gear, and doggone it, if Kurt Busch just didn't, he got a little excited. We see on our sprint vision that he has beat Jimmy Johnson to the line by about a half a car length, and that's not what you do. The leader always starts the race. So, Kurt Busch has fallen down the leaderboard. He has gone one lap down as of right now. However, he sits on the racetrack just in front of the current leader, who is Jimmy Johnson. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is second. Kyle Larson is third. Carl Edwards fourth. And Kevin Harvick fifth. Motor Racing Network's coverage of the chase for the NASCAR Sprint Cup is brought to you in part by Wrangler Advanced Comfort Jeans. New styles and great fits. Try on a pair today. Wrangler, real, comfortable jeans. Glad to have you with us on the Motor Racing Network. It took us a long time to get this thing underway, but we are now indeed underway. Now 19 laps are complete. Kurt Busch busted for jumping the start of the race, made a pass-through penalty, did not go a lap down. However, uh, if you are keeping score at home, and many of you do, he was not credited with leading a lap. And as it stands right now, and again, we've got a long way to go. Joey Logano in a must-win situation. Kurt Busch now finds himself in a must-win situation. And Brad Keselowski is some 30 points back from a transfer position. So those three drivers, Rusty Wallace, have got a lot of work to do, but they've also got a lot of time in which to get it done. Oh, yeah, we're only 19 laps in this race right now. And just as a reminder, we got a competition caution coming at lap 40. So lap 40, Kurt Busch can come down pit row with the rest of the field. He'll get himself back in sync 
So right now, Kurt Busch just needs to stay calm on the racetrack. The rest of the guys you just mentioned, Jeff, think about what they need to make for changes on their car. And next time we come down pit road, they can put those changes on the car. But there's a lot of drivers now looking for that lap 40 competition caution just to do that, adjust the car. Now let's make it very clear on the initial start of the race, the pole sitter, which was Jimmy Johnson, has to be the first one to the start-finish line. Kurt Busch was on the outside of the front row. He beat Jimmy to the start-finish line. That's the reason for the penalty. On any other restart, after a caution flag, it's up to the control car, the race leader, to jump on the gas inside the restart zone. However, the car beside him can, in fact, beat him to the line, but not on the initial start. Let's get more on that. Steve Post, obviously, that team has been trying to talk to NASCAR to no avail. But, you know, one thing about it, you don't want to make a Bush mad, and in particular a Kurt Bush mad. He will take the bit between his teeth and just drive right straight to the front. Yeah, absolutely. And right now he is riding at the back end of the field, knowing we have a competition caution at lap 40. But the race car is very, very good. As we expected, every channel on every scanner in the property turned over to Kurt Bush when we heard he'd been penalized. He started to say something. He caught himself and says, I'm not even going there. And never said anything else. The spotter told him, Rick Corelli said, watch pit road. It's very, very slippery. Tony Gibson, after talking to the official, reiterated just exactly, Alex, what you said. You cannot beat the leader on the initial start to the start-finish line. They're still pleading a little bit with their case down there. Greg Zipidelli has had a couple conversations. He's the competition director with the NASCAR official. But things have settled down down here, and you're right. Kurt Busch, when we get this competition gone, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a little strategy down here, you watch this car go forward because I think he is going to be a handful here as this night unfolds because that's just the way he is when he gets hacked off about things. Tail, tail end of the lead lap for Kurt Busch right now running 35th. You know, one car really, really on the fly up the leaderboard, Winston Kelly, is a man, the only man here that came in with that I must win to move on mentality, and that's Joey Logano. Yeah, we talked to Todd Gordon before the race and uh, asked him what his approach was going to be since they qualified 14th. Didn't know if they were going to have to do something different, some kind of strategy move here on pit road like he's been known to do. And he said, I don't think our car's that bad. He said, you know, 14th isn't that bad. It's not what we wanted from a pit selection. But he said, I believe we can drive up into the top four, top five very easily. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give Joey Logano four tires like everybody else. He said, I'm not going to do anything unique. He's so good, in Todd Gordon's opinion, on the restarts. He said, if I can get him into those first three rows for a late restart, he said, I like my chances. And he's backing it up right now. Started 14th, and they very gradually worked their way up to 7th. So Todd Gordon, who's not one to blow smoke and tell you he's got a good race car when he doesn't, they're backing it up on the racetrack early here at Phoenix. No question, Winston. Joey Logano now working on the back bumper of Mark Truex Jr. Here they come in the turn number three. Truex had about five car lengths on him just a lap to go. Joey Logano is there now on his back bumper. Absolutely flying. Joey Logano right now seventh, but looking for more. Here comes Joey Logano driving that low line through turns one and two. Only a half car length off the rear deck right of Martin Truex Jr., who's in the defensive mode through the dog leg. Looking to the outside off of turn number two was Logano trying to build that speed up the long back straightaway. Now positions his car to the inside of the racetrack. Has a look to the inside, but there's not enough 
room on the bottom, or is there? And the guy on the move right now is Kevin Harvick. He's all the way up to the third position. He's got clear of all the traffic, and he's setting sail on the rear bumper of Dale Earnhardt Jr. right now. But the four car of Harvick has got it going on right now. No question, Kevin Harvick beginning to close in on second place running Dale Earnhardt Jr. Meanwhile, Jimmy Johnson continues to lead. Earnhardt is second, Harvick is third, Larson is fourth, Carl Edwards runs fifth, and Dan Hubbard, the battle for sixth with Truex and Logano continues. That is a great scramble. As a matter of fact, Logano has gotten around Martin Truex Jr. He'll give the sixth position to Joey Logano, who has plenty of traffic up ahead as he makes his way down the back stretch. A lap ago, Joey Logano went well below the yellow line in main room on the bottom of the racetrack to the exit of turn number four, determined to get to the front of the field, and he's doing just that right now. Jimmy Johnson right now at the front of the field. 31 laps are complete. Remember, we will have a NASCAR imposed competition caution coming out at lap number 40. So we're about eight laps away from that. Jimmy Johnson leading by 2.2 over Dale Earnhardt Jr. But Kyle Rickey, Dale Jr.'s got company. Kevin Harvick slowly but surely closing in. Right now the margin off of turn number four. Just a couple of car lengths and Harvick continuing to close on Dale Earnhardt Jr. for that spot. Indeed he is. Kevin Harvick has been the main consistent factor when it comes to racing and winning at Phoenix International Raceway. Rusty, when you have that type of feel at a specific racetrack, it gives you confidence through the roof, I would imagine. Oh, you go into the race thinking you're a man. I mean, every time I went to Bristol, I thought, hey, I'm going to win this thing. Every time I went to Martinsville, I thought the same thing. Same with Kevin Harvick. When he comes here, hey, this is my place. I've won here so much. So he's got an amazing amount of confidence coming into this thing, Alex. And so that's a really, really big deal for a driver and the crew when they got that. Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Kevin Harvick going at it over in front of you, Kyle. Well, they were going at it. Kevin Harvick quickly to the inside and quickly made the pass on Dale Earnhardt Jr. to take over that second position. So Kevin Harvick continues his march towards the front of the field. He's got to track down Jimmy Johnson, who is 2.3 seconds in front of Harvick, who is now the new second place runner. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is third. Kyle Larson runs fourth. Carl Edwards fifth will take you down the rest of the top ten. Joey Logano is sixth. Martin Truex Jr. seventh. Kyle Busch is eighth. Casey Kane ninth. And Jeff Eric Jones, a steady tenth place. Running in that tenth position is Eric Jones doing triple duty here tonight as he did one week ago at the Texas Motor Speedway. Eric, of course, filling in for Matt Kenseth, who is sitting out uh, last weekend at Texas, sitting out today and tonight, and he will be uh, back in that car next weekend for the season finale at Homestead Miami Speedway. Right now, Jeff Gordon, one of the chase contenders. Well, he's already punched his ticket to Homestead Miami, right now running 11th. Brad Kozlowski back there in 14th. Kurt Busch still trying to stay out in front of Jimmy Johnson. He's got five laps, Alex, in which to do it. Jimmy is right there. Kurt just trying to hold on to the lead lap. To the competition caution, which will be in another three laps this time by. And Rusty, you know Kurt Busch as well as anybody. How difficult is it to remain calm if you're Kurt Busch? And, and moreover, if you're his crew chief, Tony Gibson, how do you maintain your driver's composure? Well, right now, it's up to Tony Gibson. He just needs to get on the radio and tell Kurt, look, I know you're mad, buddy, but we got it on video that you beat the beat Jimmy to the line by half a car length, okay? We're at fault. Calm down. we got a long way to go, and I think that's how you fix it. 
37 laps are complete. Make it 38. Jimmy Johnson brings the field back off of turn number four. Dan Hubbard, you know, we were concerned about how quickly we could get some rubber back around this racetrack, but already it looks like it's beginning to very quickly widen out. Absolutely. We're seeing multiple lines being used all the way from the low side, and I would say to within three yards of the outside wall, and this is the first series we've seen all weekend, use a line that's that wide here at turns one and two. The K&N series, the truck series, even yesterday the Xfinity series, everybody pretty much staying to the bottom. Not so tonight. Who cares about the rain? Who cares about the lack of rubber? Everybody worked that middle groove almost instantaneously, and now they're taking it out even farther towards the wall here at turns one and two. Just four laps ago, Kevin Harvick's deficit to Jimmy Johnson was 2.3 seconds. It's down to a half a second as we close in on the competition caution. Jimmy Johnson is up front. Kevin Harvick closing rapidly in second. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is third. Carl Edwards fourth. Kyle Larson is fifth. We'll take you down the leaderboard. It's Joey Logano sixth. Martin Truex Jr. seventh. Kyle Busch is eighth. Casey Kane ninth. And Eric Jones tenth. Jeff Gordon right now is 11th as we wait the caution flag to come out from the start-finish line. And it comes out right now. Jimmy Johnson is the race leader. This is the NASCAR imposed. Uh, caution flag on lap number 40. Pit stops coming up next. Back at Phoenix, pit road is open. Steve Post. Yes, indeed. Here they come. 45 miles per hour down pit road. Clint Boyer, Greg Biffle, Casey Kane reporting that his car is a little bit tight. Austin Dillon tight as well. Here comes Eric Jones and waiting. Here comes Kurt Busch going to bring his Haas automation car in to the attention of Tony Gibson and the crew waiting for that car to arrive. It's like a quick two-tire stop for Kyle Busch. Kurt Busch will see what they're going to do if they try any strategy. Around to the right side, going to be right side tires, and it looks like it is going to be four tires for Kurt Busch. Winston? Kevin Harvick easily the first off of pit road ahead of Joey Logano. I believe they did two right side tires. Carl Edwards goes out third. I'm going to go verify that. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., a little bit tight in, tight off the word on Jimmy Johnson. He went with a four-tire change. Harvick needs a little bit of rear grip. Jeff Gordon, Jamie McMurray, among those on this in the pit road, getting tires and Sunoco fuel. We're going to have to verify who got two and four, but I believe it was Harvick with two tires who got off first. Pete Pistoni. Right side tires for Dale Earnhardt Jr. They did not make any adjustments to that car. Greg Irwin, the crew, or Greg Eisrath, the crew chief, saying to keep it where it was. Dale Jr. was happy with it. Right side tires also for Carl Edwards. And a quick pit stop for him. Also at this end of pit road, it was four tires for Kyle Larson. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was in. David Reagan came down pit road. Ryan Newman, four tires and, and no fuel, but four tires and an adjustment there, tightening it up a little bit for Ryan Newman. And his teammate at Richard Childress Racing, Paul Menard, also in on that stop as well with four tires. Two different penalties being handed out on this first exchange of pit stops. Jimmy Johnson too fast on pit road. He'll have to restart at the tail end of the longest line. Also over the wall too soon for the crew for Danica Patrick. She too will have to restart at the tail end of the longest line. First car off of pit road was Kevin Harvick. Two tires and fuel right behind him. Joey Logano also with two tires. Then came Carl Edwards, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Kyle Busch. The top five cars off pit road, all electing for track position, two-tire stops. Jimmy Johnson, by the way, the first car to take four tires, came off pit road in the sixth position, busted 
Yet another mistake, Rusty Wallace. Oh, these mistakes, man. I talk about these mistakes all the time, especially on a night like tonight where they had over six hours of sitting around. And it kind of gets you messed up. It gets you off your rhythm. I need to gather back up right now and refocus and say, look, I got that out of my system. I can't do that anymore. You cannot have mistakes here, especially when you're going for a championship run. Signal given, one to go. Hey, NASCAR fans, it's time to celebrate one of the greatest drivers in NASCAR. Shop the Jeff Gordon New Era Limited Edition Headwear Collection. Visit NASCAR.com backslash Superstore for all your race day gear. A long way to go. 265 laps remain. Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano side by side. Row one for the restart. Carl Edwards and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Row two, row three, Kyle Busch and Casey Kane. Martin Truex Jr. and Eric Jones are together in row four. Jimmy Johnson will drop all the way to the tail end of the field, making row five, Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson. One driver had to make a second pit stop. That was Casey Kane. Had a little contact exiting his pit box, so Casey Kane will uh, have to fall at the back of the field after an unscheduled second stop. However, here comes the field up off turn four. The American Ethanol green flag goes back in the air. Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, the front row back at turn one. It'll be Kevin Harvick down on that low line at his right elbow. That's where you'll find Joey Logano, but not for long. Harvick just scoots away. Joey Logano will walk down that second spot. They're side by side for third. It's going to be Dale Earnhardt Jr. getting out in front of Kyle Busch and Carl Edwards. Martin Truix Jr. gets in the line as well. Then the side by side racing begins between Kyle Larson and Danny Hamlin for seven. Danny Hamlin on the outside of the racetrack. Kyle Larson on the inside. Hamlin across the nose of that target Chevrolet to pick up the spot. Trying to work his way up alongside Martin Truex Jr. Currently rising at sixth position. Here comes Kyle Larson. He'll challenge Denny Hamlin for that seventh spot. Second time up the back straight away. These two cars are locked side by side. Kyle Larson to the bottom of the racetrack. Denny Hamlin top side. And with the best seat in the house just behind them is Eric Jones. Guys, I think this was a really good time for about a handful of guys out there to try the two tires. See if it works. They were 40 laps into a run on four tires. Putting right side tires on right now. I think it was a really good move. We noticed that the four car Harvick did it. The 22 Logano. Dale Earnhardt Jr. did it. Now Carl Edwards did it. And on the start of the race, he slid straight up the racetrack. Lost about three positions, but now he's gathered it back up. And he's starting to run him back down. Didn't work so good for him. Challenge and change for the second spot a moment ago. Dale Earnhardt Jr. flashed by Joey Logano. So give second to Earnhardt. Logano falls back in line third. However, the troubles for Joey Logano on the back bumper aren't quite over yet. He's got Kyle Busch stacked up, headed to turn three. Right there within a car length is Kyle Busch, who is running well on the bottom of the racetrack. Logano having a tough time keeping his car stuck down there this time through. 51 laps are complete. Watching Joey Logano, who is third. Kyle Busch fourth. Carl Edwards is fifth. Those three are back in turn one. Joey Logano doing whatever he can to defend that third position from Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch almost right on the rear bumper of Logano. He's there since Joey bobbles just a bit. Margin remains the same. This time into turn number three, about a car length and a half between Joey Logano in that third spot. Kyle Busch in fourth. Two more car lengths to Carl Edwards in fifth. Running in the sixth spot is Martin Truex Jr. Seventh is Kyle Larson. Eighth, Denny Hamlin. Jeff Gordon is now up to the ninth spot. Eric Jones is tenth the field back in the in turn one. Behind Eric Jones, you'll find Paul Menard. Then it's Casey Mears and a smoking Jamie McMurray. He was doing that in the early going. The left rear still smoking through turns one and two. Even behind that battle, keeping an eye on Jimmy Johnson, trying to come back up through the field, struggling last time behind Trevor Bain, still trying to get around that car. They 
make her way through turn three and four. There's a lot of fast cars at the tail end of the field right now. Dan Hubbard, Kurt Busch is one of them. Tony Stewart, Jimmy Johnson crossing the stripe right now and headed back your way. Here comes Jimmy Stewart, and he is absolutely swarmed with traffic as he comes into turns one and two. There's just all kinds of cars around him as he tries to bust out of the box down the back straightaway. AJ Allmendinger just ahead, and Jimmy Johnson alongside on the dog leg and into turn number three. So Johnson makes the pass on Tony Stewart. This battle well outside of the top 15. And Kurt Busch restarted the 28th positions all the way up to 18th right now. That car is flat on rails right now. It's hooked up. Kurt Busch up to the 18th position. He's looking for more as he continues to navigate traffic. There's a hornet's nest of cars, though, with Jimmy Johnson in the mix as well as they work their way through turns three and four. So a couple of the front runners, as a matter of fact, the entire front row, penalized with different instances tonight, and both of them having to work their way back up. That has turned things over to Kevin Harvick and Dale Earnhardt Jr. at the front of the field. Now 55 laps complete. Joey Logano has settled in line in third, followed by Kyle Busch and Carl Edwards. Martin Truex Jr. right now running sixth. Carl, uh, Kyle Larson, rather, seventh. Denny Hamlin is eighth. Jeff Gordon is ninth. And Eric Jones is tenth as we take you further on down the AutoZone leaderboard. Running in the 11th spot is Paul Menard. Jamie McMurray still has a left rear corner that's rubbing on the tire. He's running 12th. Brad Keselowski is 13th. Casey Mears goes 14th. Austin Dillon is 15th. Running 16th now is Kurt Bush. Bush, He's picked up a a couple of more positions as Ryan Newman is 17th. 18th, Eric Almirola. 19th, Greg Biffle and Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 20th. Clint Boyer, 21st. 22nd, Justin Allgaier, 23rd. David Reagan, Jimmy Johnson right now running 24th. Make that 23rd. He just got by David Reagan. Now David running in the 24th position. A.J. Allmendinger, 25th. Tony Stewart, 26th. 27th, Matt DiBenedetto, 28th. Casey Kane, Danica Patrick, 29th. And Alex Bowman is 30th and the last car on the lead lap. 31st is Trevor Bain running 32nd. David Gilliland. Michael Annette is 33rd. Sam Hornish Jr. goes 34th. Landon Castle, 35th. 36th is Brett Moffitt running 37th. Cole Witt. J.J. Yaley is 38th. 39th is Jeb Burton, running 40th, Timmy Hill, 41st, Ryan Priest, 42nd, Ryan Ellis, and 43rd is Joey Gase. Welcome back to Phoenix International Raceway, the Quicken Loans Race for Heroes 500. Time now for a mid-race update brought to you by GEICO. Mistakes have been the watchword that we've been talking about so far this evening, and we saw it early on. Kurt Busch was black flagged for jumping the start on the initial green flag, got a pass-through penalty, dropped to the rear of the field, but stayed on the lead lap. The last driver to win a race after getting a penalty, Denny Hamlin back in March at Martinsville. That was for an uncontrolled tire. Kurt beat pole sitter Jimmy Johnson to the start-finish line at the start of the race. That can happen on restarts, but not the initial green flag. Kurt has since fought his way back up into the 15th spot. That's why it was so critical that he stayed on the lead lap. Competition caution came out at lap 40. More mistakes we saw there. Jimmy Johnson was penalized for speeding on pit road. Danica Patrick's team came over the wall too soon. She was penalized as well. Your current top five, Kevin Harvick leads the way. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is second. Joey Logano third. Kyle Busch is fourth. And Carl Edwards rounds out the top.
top five. You could save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Now let's head back upstairs to the Carfax.com broadcast tower with Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, and Rusty Wallace. With 63 laps complete, Woody Kane, Kevin Harvick, and Dale Earnhardt Jr., as you just pointed out, running 1-2. Got a great battle, though, for third. Joey Logano's got it. Then comes... Well, Joe Gibbs Racing, Toyotas, Kyle Busch, and Carl Edwards, Dan. Kyle Busch experimenting with lines. He turns one and two. He was trying that low line for a while against Joey Logano. Nothing doing there. Now he tries that middle groove, maybe having a little bit of a success as they both head to turn three. This has been an ongoing battle since the restart. Kyle Busch goes way up the racetrack in turn three, loses ground to Joey Logano, and allows his teammate Carl Edwards to close in. Edwards within two car lengths off the back deck lead of Kyle Busch and his green Toyota. Somehow Kyle Busch returns gains all that ground that he lost in turns three and four and closes the gap to only two and a half car lengths off the rear deck lid of Joey Logano as they both fly through the dog lid. These three cars evenly separated by about two car lengths. Joey Logano has that third position. Kyle Busch one car length back now in fourth and another car length back to Carl Edwards. Joey Logano racing for his life and running from Kyle Busch and from Carl Edwards in a must win situation. Right now he's third and back in turn one. And filling his mirrors is Kyle Busch. Again, Kyle lets it drift up just a little bit through the nine-degree banking as Logano, Bush, and Edwards encounter slower traffic. Moving around to Joey Case, lap car in turn number three. Joey Logano able to clear that car by the time they get to the corner. Kyle Busch and Carl Edwards will follow suit by the time they get to the front straightaway. I've been watching Jeff Gordon's entire race so far, guys. He's got a really good car. He's up to seventh right now. In fact, he's running down Martin Truex, who's in sixth. A little bit faster lap time, but the guy getting it done right now, over two-tenths of a second faster than the entire field. That's Kevin Harvick. He's up there in the front dominating guys like he normally does here at this track. By 1.6 seconds right now over Dale Earnhardt Jr., then Logano, then Kyle Busch and Carl Edwards. We're talking about Kevin Harvick tonight. Seems like every time we come to Phoenix International Raceway, we're talking about Kevin Harvick. We'll explain when we come back. 75 laps are now complete as we welcome you back to Phoenix International Raceway right here on the Motor Racing Network. We are in the midst of running the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series, albeit some six and a half hours late before we finally put him under the green flag. Kevin Harvick, well, he is the man out front. And if you can finish in the top ten in tonight's race, you're going to get a free Bloomin' Onion tomorrow at Outback Steakhouse. Brought to you by Bloomin' Mondays at Outback Steakhouse. And Alex Hayden, Rusty Wallace, there's one thing about Kevin Harvick here. He Not only does he win and win a lot, he dominates and dominates a lot. When you go back and take a look at earlier this spring and the two races last year, he read, led 224 laps in the spring, 264 laps last fall. Now, this race is only 312 laps long, and in the spring of a year ago, 224 laps. Alex Hayden, that is complete and total domination. It, it really is, and the, the results speak for themselves, and he's done that with a win in a Richard Childress Racing Chevrolet. He's done it with different chassis at Stuart Haas Racing, reminiscent of what Jimmy Johnson does when he goes to Dover International Raceway. Dover and Jimmy Johnson and Victory Lane are, are three words and three phrases you can put together, just like Kevin Harvick, Victory Lane, and Phoenix International Raceway. So, Rusty, how does a driver get so dominant at one racetrack? He, he just knows the feel that he needs at this particular racetrack. He knows what he needs his car to do on the center of, say, turn one and two, exiting. And Dan Hubbard was telling us a little while ago, he said, Rusty, that car of Harvick's is just killing everybody up off of turn two. It's so fast. Kevin knows where he needs the car to pass at, how he needs to turn 
turn it, the body roll that needs to be in the car, the handling characteristics, and he's not going to stop trying to get that until he gets it. He's constantly talking to his crew chief in practice. I need this. I need this. I need this. Now, he might not be fast in practice, but once the race starts, he knows he's got it. We put him under the green flag back on lap 47. We're now lap 80 in. The longer this run goes, the better this car gets. He's back in turn number one. Let's follow the race leader, Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick, as he's done lap after lap, coming in with a little bit of a late entry into turns one and two, and then he just explodes from the center of the corner off. That's where he's beating everybody at this end of the raceway. Kevin Harvick headed over to turn three and four. Harry's all on that speed up the back straight away, and the car rotates so well through turns three and four on the inside lane, on the outside lane, and even below the yellow line where you're not supposed to be. That's where he's been able to pass a lot of the lap cars at this time of the racetrack. Absolutely perfect descriptions from Dan and Kyle of how Kevin Harvick is getting around Phoenix International Raceway. And Winston Kelly, you have to think Rodney Childers and the rest of the team are very happy. Absolutely. We talked to Rodney Childers before the race, and he said when he came here in March, he said they were a top 10 car in practice, but they weren't dominant. And they made a change right before uh, they went onto the tractor. They made a change overnight, and he said it just really came to life. He said, this weekend was very similar, and I looked at him, I said, did you make any changes? He looked at me and grinned. He said, we're going to be pretty good. That's an understatement. The first run, he needed a little bit of rear grip, but they opted not to make any changes because he likes the race car. A little bit loose on this run, and as of six laps ago, lap number 76, Kevin Harvick just set a personal best for laps led in the season at 2,138. Now working the seventh above that, so he's led 2,145 laps so far in 2015. A personal best for Kevin Harvick going for five in a row here at Phoenix. Yeah, he's having a pretty good year. I guess it's as simple as that. Talking about Kevin Harvick, who is the race leader, 83 laps are complete. Three seconds the advantage Harvick has over Dale Jr. You know what? Quietly, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is having a very, very good night, Rusty Wallace. But you're only first in class here at Phoenix when you're racing against Kevin Harvick. Yeah, that's kind of funny. I understand what you're saying, but at least he is second right now. You know, one thing I've been paying attention to, guys, is Kevin Harvick's speed with just two tires. I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, I thought it was pretty cool that a lap 40, everybody come down, some took four, some took two. I'll tell you, Harvick just taking two has really proved to himself that late in the run, if he's got to do that again to get the track position and get a victory, that two tires will work for him. A lot of times we see two guys or three or four guys in a pack do monkey see, monkey do, come down, put two tires on, and they all go to heck. Nothing works. But it's working for the four car right now. No question about it. Another driver that's continuing to work up the leaderboard is Kurt Busch after starting on the outside of the front row, being black flagged, for jumping the initial start of the race is continuing to rally towards the front of the field. Just talked about Kevin Harvick only doing right side tires on his pit stop. Well, Steve Post, Kurt Busch took four tires and they're continuing to climb up the board. They're in 13th. Yeah, they are in 13th spot. They restarted 24, so they gained nine spots. Now, Kurt not necessarily happy with the car this run compared to what he was. The first run, he was a little bit loose. That means the rear end wants to step out from under the car down into the corner. They made a wedge adjustment and now he's a little tight in the center and a little loose up out in the corner. It's not major. It's not a major problem. He's still working his way forward. They're in the fine-tuning mode, but that's what they're working on, and they are just continuing to climb forward there. Here's Kurt Busch right now in the 13th spot after that early race penalty. They're hauling the mail is what they're doing. Kurt Busch screaming down the back straightaway into turn number three. Now, in a moment, Dan Hubbard, he will have run down Brad Kislowski and Eric Jones. Here come the three of them across the stripe. Right now, Eric Jones in left 
and 11th. Then Kozlowski, 12th. Kurt Busch is 13th. Not much separating Eric Jones and Brad Kozlowski at all. In fact, Jones bobbles just a little bit in the center of the corner. That allows Brad Kozlowski to close the gap just a bit. Headed to turn three. And Kurt Busch closing in on both of them. It has been absolutely phenomenal to watch Kurt Busch charge his way through the field, quickly closing the gap between himself and Brad Kozlowski. Kurt Busch, Brad Kozlowski, Eric Jones, a lot of these names in the back half of the top ten. Another one of those drivers beginning to work their way to the front is Jimmy Johnson. Dan Hubbard, he's up to 15. He has had to deal with a lot of traffic right now. He gets around the machine of Brett Moffitt. Jimmy Johnson now looks up ahead for Austin Dillon. It's going to be a while before he catches him in the turn three. Yeah, a couple of five car lengths between Austin Dillon right to the bottom of the racetrack. Five more lengths back to Jimmy Johnson, but he is indeed closing ground off turn four. Heavy pack of cars working off turn number four. Let's pick up that battle between Kozlowski, Eric Jones, and Kurt Busch. Close corner racing there. Brad Kozlowski goes to the inside. Joey Gase trying to give everybody room to the outside. Brad Kozlowski will go to the apron to the inside of the yellow line. Cole went to the outside. A lone lap car in this pack of traffic, and he'll give the leaders plenty of room to the bottom. Brad Kozlowski goes to the inside, as does Kurt Busch. Eric Jones there as well. Having to use different racing lanes around Phoenix International Raceway. Kurt Busch, Brad Kozlowski, Eric Jones back in one. This is the scramble from 11th on back. And again, Brad Kozlowski not able to hug the bottom. And Kurt Busch loves seeing that. He goes through dog leg in hot pursuit of Brad Kozlowski. Those two cars able to get away as Eric Jones hung up with the Cole Witt lap car in turn three. They're still side by side. That's allowed Jimmy Thompson to close in on Jones along with Austin Dillon. Off turn number four, 93 laps are complete here at Phoenix International Raceway. Working back to turn one, this battle continues. Here it is, Brad Kozlowski in front of Kurt Busch. Then that fight between Eric Jones and Jimmy Johnson. Put it at half a car length through the dog leg, nose to tail. Eric Jones hangs on at that position for now, but Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson that is continuing to close in after passing Austin Dillon a lap ago. He wants another spot, this time off turn four. Hard racing now, 93 laps are complete. Kevin Harvick, Dale Jr., Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, and Carl Edwards at top five really hasn't changed from, from sixth on back. Good, hard racing as, uh, again, now 94 laps are complete in the Quicken Loans Race for Heroes 500. Harvick across the stripe with a three-second advantage over Dale Jr. Now, it took us a long time to get this race underway, but we're awful glad we did. We're also happy and proud to uh, say hello to Art Steiber, who is the VP of Marketing and Sponsorship for Quicken Loans. It took us a while to get here, Art, but we finally got it underway. It sure did, and we're glad uh, that all these fans stuck around. These fans at PIR are unbelievable. How many are still here cheering on? They knew it was going to be an exciting race, and, uh, and it's shaping up to be one. Well, I think it's a testament not only to NASCAR fans, but also the proud sponsors of NASCAR, and probably one good reason that Quicken Loans chose NASCAR to become partners with. That's right. These fans are great, and another reason we picked this one is so close to Veterans Day. Uh, being the weekend after Veterans Day, we said let's dedicate this one to our veterans and to our active service personnel and thank them for all they do to serve the country. So uh, this has been a great time here. It's a great chance for us to acknowledge these veterans and the military. And, uh, uh, pre-race, we had a nice event. We had about 75 of our Quicken Loans team members that are actually veterans as well. And they came here and helped unfurl the American flags. That was nice. You know, I spent some time with you and that entire team this morning, and you were telling me uh, very proudly that Quicken Loans, yep, and we'll get to what you do uh, when we go to quickenloans.com. Uh, but you said, we're here because we're part of the community, not only here in Phoenix, but across the country. That, that's right. Uh, we're based in Detroit, proud to, uh, to work there. But we actually have about 1,000 team members here in the Scottsdale area. And across the country, we're just helpful 
folks get into get into homes, and we'd like to be involved in the community where we serve nationally. And, of course, getting into homes is exactly what Quicken Loans is all about. Explain to us why right now is a good time to purchase a new home and how they can find out more information about Quicken Loans. Yeah, it really is a great time. Interest rates are still really low. There's a, there's anticipation that they'll rise, but if folks, folks want to refinance or we're helping a lot of folks these days get into their first home. People that are renting sometimes aren't sure uh, how affordable it is. So we talk to them and, and explain to them how great uh, a time it is for them to get into that first home. Just go to quickenloans.com and uh, we make it really easy and explain their options. And uh, it's really been great to help folks this year. And it's great to see you throughout the season. I know we bumped into you at Michigan, now here at Phoenix. I know we're going to see you again next year. Thanks for hanging out with us like all of these NASCAR fans have here and across the radio network. Art, have a good night. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to be uh, here at this night race. Something different. It's fun. For sure. Art, Art Steiber, the uh, Vice President of Marketing and Sponsorship for Quicken Loans, and of course, tonight's sponsor of this race. The Quicken Loans Race for Heroes 500. 100 of the 312 laps are complete. Here's a look at the AutoZone leaderboard to tell you where your favorite driver is running. Kevin Harvick continues to show the way. His advantage over second place Dale Earnhardt Jr. is three seconds. Joey Logano is third. Kyle Busch goes fourth. Carl Edwards is fifth. Martin Truex Jr. rides sixth. Jeff Gordon is up to seventh. Paul Menard eighth. Denny Hamlin ninth. And Brett Keselowski is tenth. Kyle Larson right now is eleventh. Kurt Busch up to twelfth. Make it eleventh as he works by Kyle Larson last lap. Kurt up to 11th, then Kyle Larson. Jimmy Johnson continues to climb. He now is up to 13th. Eric Jones, 14th. Austin Dillon, 15th. Jamie McMurray is 16th. Eric Elmerola, 17th. 18th, Ryan Newman. 19th, Casey Mears. 20th is Greg Biffle. Running 21st, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. 22nd is Clint Boyer. Justin Allgaier is 23rd. David Reagan, 24th. Tony Stewart is 25th. A.J. Allmendinger, 26th. Danica Patrick goes 27th. 28th, Casey Kane, 29th, Matt Benedetto at 20, or he's 29th, and 30th is Alex Bowman. 31st, Trevor Bain, 32nd, David Gilliland, 33rd, J.J. Yaley, Michael Annette, 34th, 35th, Landon Castle, 36th, Sam Hornish Jr., 37th, Cole Witt, 38th, Brett Moffitt, Jeb Burton, 39th, Ryan Pierce, 40th, Ryan Ellis, 41st, Joey Gase, 42nd, and Timmy Hill is 43rd, and that's a look at the AutoZone leaderboard on lap 103. One change inside the top five. Joey Logano is able to get by Dale Earnhardt Jr., so Logano goes to second, Earnhardt is third, and that's a look at the AutoZone leaderboard. Don't risk your safety. When it comes time for new brakes, get Duralast, the official brakes of NASCAR. They're proven tough and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. We have been under the green flag since lap number 47. We've logged a lot of laps here up to lap 105 now. Kevin Harvick, four seconds out front of that new runner-up runner, and that would be Joey Logano. How soon will these cars be on pit road? We'll tell you when we come back. We've seen this movie before. Kevin Harvick out front, dominating at Phoenix International Raceway. Not even Mother Nature can slow down Kevin Harvick. He waited out the rain, and now he's taking everybody to the woodshed. Harvick out front of Logano by 4.6 seconds, meaning I would guess, Winston Kelly, that everybody but Kevin Harvick would like to get on the pit road. How soon might that happen? Uh, probably around lap 124 to 130. Steve Post told us at the top of the broadcast the pit window somewhere around 80, 85. You might see a few guys later in the runs, uh, later in the race, stretch it a little bit farther.
other than that, but don't expect too much gambling. So somewhere in that 125 to 130 range, expect everybody to come down pit road, get four tires in Sunoco fuel. Since you're going to need to take two cans of Sunoco fuel, I look to see everybody take four tires this time. And you're speaking of Harvick, he's just a little bit loose, but uh, he'd just soon have enough fuel to go until Tuesday. He'd be fine with that. Loose is fast and enough fuel on board to last about another 15 laps or so. It's Harvick over Logano. Earnhardt Jr. and Logano going back and forth. In fact, give the second spot back to Dale Earnhardt Jr. as he gets by Joey Logano. Now Kyle Busch continues to run fourth and Carl Edwards is fifth. After 114 laps, Kevin Harvick has lapped everybody up to position number 20. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is the last car on the lead lap. It won't be long. We're going to be seeing drivers on pit road looking for tires and fuel, Sunoco fuel. And by the way, Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or pulling into the pits, trust the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco, the essence of racing. At the drop of the green flag, Martin Truex Jr. was fourth in points. He had a seven-point cushion on Carl Edwards. As we're now 115 laps into the race, Edwards has only been able to chop off a single point. Six points the deficit, but Pete Pistone, Carl Edwards is doing all he can, it appears. He absolutely is, and you know, he was one of those drivers, Alex, that did take two tires on that competition. Caution, it didn't work out right away for him, but Carl radioed in to crew chief Darian Grubb and said the race car was coming to him. They are very good on the long run, so that could bode well for that race team. I guess the good news is the car's running well, but right now at this juncture of the race at lap 117, Carl would still be on the outside looking in in terms of advancing to Homestead Miami Speedway. So they're going to tighten up the car for him just a little bit when they come down pit road on this next pit stop. We expected green flag stops at any moment, and they are about to unfold. The first car off the racetrack headed your way. Winston Kelly giving up the third spot is Joey Logano. Joey Logano in pit stall number three. Todd Gordon counting him down. He's on pit road. Crew going to work on the right side. They got it pumped up. Right side tire change. He's said very little about the car. Just a little bit tight in the center. Don't see any visible chassis adjustments. They're around to the left side. Second can of Sunoco fuel going in. Joey Logano away on lap 118. Steve Post. Dale Earnhardt Jr. brings the nationwide Chevrolet down pit road. It's going to be a four-tire stop, one round of adjustment of wedge in, two cans of Sunoco fuel. Down and away, also, Kyle Larson brings the target Chevrolet in. He's on the 43rd pit stall. Four-tire stop for Kyle Larson. He's down and away. Yeah, down here we've got uh, Clint Boyer is in, Greg Biffle is in, all getting pit service. Winston, race leaders in in front of you. Kevin Harvick's crew on the Budweiser Chevrolet. They're working on the right side, right side tires. They get the tear off off the windshield, come around to the left side. A four-tire stop for Kevin Harvick here on lap 114. Make it uh, 119. Just in front of him, there's Jeff Gordon. He's going to get a four-tire stop. Martin Truex Jr. on pit road. They're working on the right side. Jimmy Johnson looks like he's on pit road. He needs more front grip. Jeff Gordon was tight. We said Kevin Harvick was loose on lap 120 to Pete Pistone. Carl Edwards brought his car down to Stanley Two's Toyota. They've decided to make it a four-tire stop, obviously, and they did make that one round of wedge adjustment, tighten it up a little bit. 
and it was two Kansas Sunoco fuel. Paul Menard, who worked his way into the top ten, also on pit road. Four tires stopped for him, two cans of fuel, and they put in one round of wedge. Postman. Lap number 120, it was Kyle Busch. He needed more stability in his car is what he reported. Chassis adjustments, four tires and fuel. His teammate Denny Hamlin was in as well on 120, and here comes Kurt Busch bringing his car in. He reported it was a little tight in the center, a little loose up off the corner. Crew around to the right side. Crew now around to the left side. It's like minor adjustment on that car, and Kurt Busch also now completes his pit service. Casey Kane also getting pit service here on lap number 122. Field continuing to cycle around Phoenix International Raceway. Green flag pit stops are in the midst right now. Brad Keselowski is up front. Kurt Busch being scored second. That will change as they work their way around the speedway. Off turn four. Here comes Brad Keselowski. After getting a point for leading a lap, he's making his way towards Steve Post. Yes, indeed. Paul Wolf, the crew chief on this car. They've not been happy with the car all weekend. <laughs> been fighting a tight condition. Here comes Kurt gingerly, 45 miles per hour. Crew around to the right side. Going to be a chassis adjustment for Kyle or for uh, Brad Keselowski. Chassis adjustment on that car. Going to be four tires, Sunoco Racing Fuel. Looks like pretty solid pit service here with a chassis adjustment. They've been fighting tight all weekend long. Only one car that I can see on the leaderboard that has yet to come on to pit road, and that would be David Reagan, by the way. That green flag round of pit stops busted. Too fast entering pit road for Trevor Bain. He will make a pass-through penalty. That is happening right now. Well, Brad Kozlowski yet to come on to pit road, or actually, excuse me, just left pit road. So David Reagan is the race leader. Kevin Harvick, then Joey Logano. Uh, so we'll wait for this to all cycle back around, Alex Hayden. Remember now, before they came on to pit road, Harvick's advantage was five seconds. We'll see what it is once he cycles back around as and the race leader. Everybody waiting to see when David Reagan will peel off the racetrack and come to the pit lane. He'll do so now, hard on the brakes at the entrance to pit road at the 45-mile-per-hour speed limit. Let's go to Pete Pistoni. And it is the Aaron's Dream Machine into his pit stop and pit stall. Right side tires going on this team. Brian Patty's the crew chief. We're going to put in one round of wedge. Second can of Sunoco fuel going in. Here come the left side tires again. Remember, David Reagan only has two more starts in this race car before this team shuts down. He's looking for work for next year. They're trying to roll the dice here, come up with a big run here at Phoenix, and down and away goes David Reagan. And green flag pit stops are now complete. Rusty Wallace, if you cannot get it done on the racetrack due to one thing or another, you've got to get it done on pit road. Joey Logano's crew just did exactly that. Kevin Harvick was up on Joey by five and a half seconds prior to that round of green flag stops. Logano behind Kevin Harvick right now by 1.9. Now whether he maintains it or not, he's got to be on the radio going, guys, you guys knocked off a pit stop, and it certainly helped out Logano, at least for the moment. Yeah, well, they did get a good pit stop. There's no doubt about that, Jeff. But one thing they did do, they were the first ones on pit road. So that meant with the, they were the first ones to leave with four new tires. When they put those four new tires in that car, Alex, they were really ripping around that racetrack. And Kevin Harvick pitted about two laps after that. But just that two laps picked up Logano that much time on uh, Harvick. So the top ten right now, Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Carl Edwards, Jeff Gordon up to fifth, Martin Truex Jr., sixth, seventh, Paul Menard, eighth, Kyle Busch, ninth, Denny Hamlin, and tenth is Jimmy Johnson. 128 laps of 312 are in the books. 
Jeff Gordon, the only driver secure and able to run for a championship next week at Ford Championship Weekend. He won at Martinsville Speedway a couple of weeks ago. He, however, is continuing to work his way up the leaderboard. He's running in the fifth spot. So where are the rest of the chase contenders? Well, Kevin Harvick obviously is the one up front that everybody's been chasing. Joey Logano in a must-win situation rides in the second position. Carl Edwards, he's still on the outside looking in by only a handful of points. As a matter of fact, he's now five points behind Martin Truex Jr. in the point standings. Edwards is up to fourth. Jeff Gordon, as I mentioned, is fifth. Truex is running sixth. Kyle Busch is seventh on the leaderboard. Further back down, Kurt Busch is running in the 11th position, and Brad Keselowski, Jeff, is 12th. And what that means right now, if this race was to go under the checkered flag, the four drivers that would advance to the championship for Kevin Harvick, Jeff Gordon, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex Jr., as you pointed out, uh, Alex, Carl Edwards right now is five points back from a spot to transfer. Brad Keselowski way back. Kurt Busch almost in a must-win situation right now, as is, of course, officially Joey Logano. Now, the good news for those drivers that are still deep and marred well back, uh, those drivers like Brad Kozlowski and, and Kurt Busch, is the fact that everybody is still on the racetrack. We don't have anybody in the garage. So, yes, you could mathematically still point your way in. But as this race goes on and on and on, it looks more and more like Kurt Busch and Brad Keselowski are going to have to figure out a way to get up front, get by Kevin Harvick, and go to victory lane. Well, but this race is also clicking off in a hurry. We've had one caution flag, and that was the competition caution put out on lap number 40. We're closing in on the halfway point, what, 11 laps away in Rusty. This is typically one of the quickest races of the season, and when you've got long green flag runs, boy, that really puts extra pressure on you. Uh, it really does. It puts a lot of pressure on you, but, you know, the, one of the reasons the race is clicking off so quickly right now, Alex, it's cold outside. It's nighttime. We've got a lot of grip on the racetrack. The engines are making more horsepower because of the cooler air, and the uh, lap times are just flat fast right now. I'm looking at all these times. In fact, the top 10 cars are all within about a tenth and a half of a second of each other. And for layman's terms, that's pretty tight, and that's pretty quick. So, uh, yeah, they're getting it done right now. Working through turns one and two, a pretty good battle for the number six spot. A couple of chase contenders there, Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch as they work the dog leg. Yeah, through the kink right now, onto the back straightaway. Martin Truex Jr. has that spot. Kyle Busch quickly closing in, and that battle also closing in on some lap traffic, including Michael Lynette. Martin Truex Jr. knows he cannot afford to give up very many spots on this racetrack. Right now, he is six, but stalking his every move is Kyle Busch. Michael Lynette moves out of the way through turns one and two, gives Martin Truex Jr. Plenty of racing room that kind of pinches Kyle Busch down to the bottom of the racetrack, but Busch gets by as well. And he will clear the Michael Annette lap car in the turn number three, and the margin still about two car lengths. Martin Truex Jr. using the bottom of the racetrack. Kyle Busch right now the only car using the middle of the racetrack at this end. This is the battle for the sixth position. Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch, they're trying to clear themselves of lap traffic. Put the gap at about two, maybe even three car lengths as Kyle Busch goes way high through turns one and two. He's trying different things now. Goes to the dogleg, trying to hunt down Martin Truex Jr. Busch right now may be exploring options. He has given up on the bottom of the racetrack into that second lane off of turn four and losing a little bit of ground this time through. We're way up the racetrack at turns three and four. We'll watch Kyle Busch, see what happens. 
Williams when he gets back to turn one and two. Looks like there's some traffic up ahead for these two. This time, Kyle Busch goes down to the bottom of the racetrack, and it works. He closes the gap now down to three car lanes as there's traffic up ahead for Martin Truex. Now let's see what lane he'll take here in turn three and four. And again, right back to the bottom of the racetrack at this end as well for Kyle Busch, and it's paying off within one car length of Truex. Now Truex and Kyle Busch still separated by three car lengths, having to work lap traffic. And Rusty, we've been talking all day long, each time we had to toss away because of the rain showers this afternoon, about what this track was going to do and how difficult it was going to be to grab a hold of it. What are you seeing? Well, right now I'm seeing a lot of speed, but one thing I am seeing is a little bit of a track changing condition. I'm looking out here at the exit of turn four right now, and the track is actually getting blacker and blacker. It's getting more rubber laid down on it, and that's making the cars handle a bit different. Although, I'm checking the radar. Weather is getting close to us again, so we got another race right now. They got to race hard to halfway to lap 156 in order to get this thing halfway, and I think we're going to be able to get to that point, and this thing could be a full race or called a race if we get rain again, but it's getting closer. Time to turn up the wick if you've got anything at all as we approach the midway portion of the race. Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Carl Edwards. Then comes Jeff Ford, and that is your top five. Truex Jr.'s got sixth. Kyle Busch right there, though, stalking him. He's seventh, and Denny Hamlin is eighth. Jimmy Johnson, ninth. Kurt Busch at the moment. Alex Hayden is tenth. And having a pretty decent run, but... Winston Kelly, you and I have been in the garage area most all weekend, as all of us here in the Motor Racing Network have been. Jeff Gordon running in the number five position. When you talked to him the other day, he wasn't all that optimistic. Absolutely not. When we talked to him during that first practice session, he had actually gotten out of the car and weren't 100% sure if they were done with practice for that first session. And I asked him about it, and he had a scowl on his face, and he said, no, we've got a lot of work to do. And I said, where is it that you're looking for help? He said, everywhere. He says, I just don't have anything that I like. Uh, was running 20th at that particular time. When I talked to him before the race, he had the typical optimism, but it sounded more like, I think I'm okay for a top 10 run, not a top five. But what he did say is this team has never given up, and they're always digging for more, and that they did make some changes. They clearly panned out. We talked earlier about his success here. This is his 34th and final Sprint Cup run here to Phoenix International Raceway. 23 of those previous 33 times, top 10 finishes here. So well over two-thirds of the time. 12 of those 33, top five runs and those two wins that we talked about. So it's a good racetrack for him. But uh, in his next to the last stop start in his Sprint Cup career, Jeff Gordon has worked his way from the 11th starting position, and he said that was a little bit better in qualifying than the car was up to the top five. All the championship contenders right now running in the top 12, led by Kevin Harvick, running 12th is Brad Keselowski. Now 152 laps complete, 160 remain. Kurt Busch has had an up and down the leaderboard kind of day. We know the car is fast. Right now, Postman, he's up to 10. Yeah, he's up to 10th, and the car is running pretty well this round. Hasn't really talked about the suspension of the chassis or the handling of the race car. He has reported a little bit of a vibration on the brakes, but he followed that report up with, I think we're all good. So, nothing more has been said. That was about lap 140, so that was about 12 or 13 laps ago that he reported that possible vibration in the braking system, but thus far, nothing else has been said, and he ended that comment with, I still think we're all good. 
Well, there's a great battle on the racetrack right now. Jimmy Johnson and Denny Hamlin have been going at it. Johnson just got by Hamlin a lap ago, Dan. Denny Hamlin about four car lengths off the rear deck with Jimmy Johnson. Johnson riding a lower line than is Denny. But Jimmy Johnson pulling away from Hamlin as they race through the dog leg. Now put the distance at about six car lengths. And Jimmy Johnson closing in on the lap car of Alex Bowman in turn three. Bowman slides up the racetrack. Johnson goes to the bottom and is able to break away from Denny Hamlin by an additional car length. 155 laps are complete. We're a lap away from halfway. Why don't we take a look at the leaderboard right now? The auto zone leaderboard with Kevin Harvick showing the way. The advantage right now over Joey Logano pretty much stable right at two seconds. Another second back you'll find Dale Earnhardt Jr. very quietly all evening long running in that top five. Right now Jr. is third. Then comes Carl Edwards, Jeff Gordon. Martin Truex Jr., he's sixth. Kyle Busch is seventh. Jimmy Johnson is eighth. Right in front of Denny Hamlin, who is ninth. Kurt Busch, you just heard Steve Post report on him. Kurt Busch is tenth. Running in the 11th spot is Paul Menard. The 12th place runner is Brad Keselowski. 13th is Eric Jones. Austin Dillon goes 14th. Jamie McMurray running 15th. 16th is Eric Almarola. Ryan Newman runs in the 17th position. Kyle Larson, 18th. Casey Mears, 19th. And 20th is Ricky Stenhouse, Jr. 21st, Greg Biffle. 22nd, Clint Boyer. 23rd, Justin Allgaier. And 24th is A.J. Allmendinger. Casey Kane, 25th. David Reagan, 26th. Danica Patrick running 27th. 28th, Tony Stewart. Matt DiBenedetto is 29th. And Alex Bowman is 30th. 31st is J.J. Yaley, 32nd, David Gilliland, 33rd, Michael Annette, 34th is Sam Hornish Jr., 35th, Cole Witt, Landon Castle is 36th, Trevor Bain is 37th, Brett Moffitt runs 38th, 39th, Jeb Burton, Ryan Priest runs in the 40th position, 41st is Ryan Ellis, Joey Gase scored 42nd, and Timmy Hill being shown in the 43rd position. So that's a look at the AutoZone leaderboard. Welcome back to MRN's live coverage of the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series in the Carfax.com broadcast tower. Now you can say, show me used cars for sale at Carfax.com and search with the power of Carfax. Even better, Carfax reports come free. Find cars you want, avoid ones you don't. Carfax.com. We are past halfway by now 20 laps. 166 laps are complete. 146 remain. Again, that lead by Kevin Harvick over Logano continues to be stable right there there at two seconds. Three back is Dale Jr. Seven back is Carl Edwards talking in seconds now. Jeff Gordon, nine back. Truex, 11 back. Kyle Busch is right there. Jimmy Johnson is 12 back. Now, all of this is, you know, kind of irrelevant if we stand in the green flag. You made a comment before, just nobody right now can catch Kevin Harvick. Nothing can slow Harvick down, Rusty Wallace, but maybe Mother Nature can because you've been watching the radar and once again it appears as though, appears as though we could have weather moving our direction. Yeah, we got the same trend the same trend going on right now that we have all day long. The weather's building on the mountains on the back straightaway here at Phoenix International Raceway moving this way looks like it's about 20 miles out but uh, we are halfway this race is official if it does rain that's one good thing. Well, we don't want to end this thing under rain. There's so much on the line right now. We want to finish this thing. Rusty Wallace, do you remember the last time we finished a or had to call a race short because of rain and who went to victory lane on that day? Well, absolutely I do. That was me back in 1998, and I'll tell you, I had a great car that, way, that day. 
and I really wanted it to rain once it started raining because that's the look, man. I haven't had a car this good at this racetrack in a long time. I was able to win that thing, and yeah, they had to cut it short because of rain. Dominating car for Rusty Wallace back in 1998. Rain short, went to victory lane. Kevin Harvick, dominating car out front right now, Alex Hayden. Indeed he is. He works up off turn four. Lap one number, or 170 goes on the board. Dan Hubbard, you mentioned earlier that Kevin Harvick was just getting through turns one and two so well. Is it the same? He has picked up where he has left off, and uh, I guess you could say he's picking them up and knocking them down. Again, a little bit later entry than everybody else, and yet he's still able to put those left side tires on the yellow line of the apron. Nobody else really able to do it as comfortably as Kevin Harvick, and right now he's trying to negotiate some slower traffic up the front straightaway. Harvick doesn't back off from traffic at all. He's just attacking everything and everybody aggressively, and it is working. Second place man Joey Logano is just lucky to keep a sight on the leader, Kevin Harvick, as they roll down the back straightaway. And keeping an eye on Kevin Harvick into turn number three, closing in on a bunch of lap cars. Also keeping an eye on Martin Truex Jr., a driver where every position and every point counts right now. Lost a spot to Kyle Busch a lap ago, and now on the back straightaway, loses another spot to Jimmy Johnson. So Truex beginning the backslide. Jimmy Johnson now up to position number seven. Truex back to eight. He can't afford to lose many more because Carl Edwards continues to run in the four spot. We'll update exactly how the championship contenders are running here in a moment. Lap 172 in the books. 140 remain. Everybody on pit road has a radar. Everybody has their eyes on it. Not much they can do about it except to try to plan for strategy. Why don't we take a sweep down pit road right now presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts and talk about exactly that. The strategy over the second half of this race will start down in the turn one end of pit road, and that's Winston Kelly. Most everybody on this end of pit road came down on lap 119. That means they can go somewhere around 190, 195, maybe even go all the way to 199, but based on that first run, expect them in the 195 to 199 range. In terms of strategy, Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childers, they're going to just be straight up with that Budweiser Chevrolet. Look for them to come down, take four tires. Same thing for Todd Gordon. Gordon and Joey Logano. When we talked to Todd Gordon earlier, he said one of the earlier races that we were here said I tried to do something unique to beat Kevin and and then put him behind the eight ball a little bit and didn't give him a chance to do what he does best. He said, I believe Joey is as good as anybody on the restarts, and what I'd like to have is a chance for Joey Logano to be in that first couple of rows if we have a restart toward the end of the race, currently running in second. So that game plan is working out very well. Jeff Gordon continuing to like his race car overall. A little bit loose on the first run, a little bit tight, made a wedge adjustment. On that second run, Jimmy Johnson, as you guys have said, we rightfully talked about Kurt Busch working his way up through the field. But Jimmy Johnson restarted 30th after that competition caution without any help of other caution flags. He's just flat driven up to seventh position, continues to be one of the quickest cars on the racetrack, depending on how he catches other lap traffic. Jamie McMurray just went a lap down a few laps ago, currently running in 15th. I actually thought he'd be a little bit better than that, but uh, 
still a very solid run for him. How about the midsection, Steve Post? Well, exactly, Winston, and the strategy getting real interesting down here, and again, need to mention that everyone is monitoring the radar down here, and it depends on who you listen to. Some crew chiefs are saying it's five minutes away. Other crew chiefs are saying it might miss us, and we don't have to worry about it. Where this gets interesting, though, is what the goal is with the chase drivers. Kyle Busch is quietly having a solid night. You know what Kyle Busch needs? Well, must have win. He quietly needs a solid night. I believe you're going to see Kyle Busch stay right on strategy. No gambles, no risk. He is sitting in a really good spot, not leading the race, sitting in sixth spot right now. On the other side of the chase equation, we've got Kurt Busch and Brad Keselowski. They need wins. I think this is the time that Paul Wolf, crew chief for Brad Keselowski, and Tony Gibson, crew chief for Kurt Busch, they need to get out those dice and see what they can roll on pitch strategy here in the second half. The good news is they've got variables with tires. The other good news is with the rain, who knows what's going to happen. So I think you're going to see it from those guys that need a win to move on to Ford Championship Weekend. Pete Pistoni? Steve, the only guy that's in the chase picture at this end of pit road for me is Carl Edwards. You talked about the nice, safe, solid run that Kyle Busch is having. Well, so is Carl Edwards. He's fourth right now. We told you about the run that he's on right now. He likes the way the car is handling. They made a small adjustment with crew chief Darian Grubb giving a little more rear grip is what he asked for. But still, fourth place at this point might not be good enough to get him into the championship four race. So they might have to gamble a little bit more and see if they can maybe pull off a win in this race in order to go to Homestead and battle for a championship next week. Now, Baylor Earnhardt Jr. is not in the championship picture, but he's having a very solid day today. He's actually had a very good race car all weekend long. He qualified third. He's another guy that asked for a little more rear grip, and they gave it to him, and he's been about plateaued out right now where he is behind Kevin Harvick and Joey Logano. The only guy who slipped out of the top ten was having a very strong night so far. That would be Paul Menard, his crew chief, Justin Alexander, just talking to him. They're going to loosen that race car up. Paul saying it's a little bit tight in the center of the corner in turns three and four when they come down pit road and see if they can maybe muscle their way back into the top ten. That's a trip down pit road on lap 182 brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Trust the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts to help you choose the brakes that are the exact fit for your vehicle. O'Reilly Auto Parts has the brake parts and accessories you need at guaranteed low prices. O'Reilly Auto Parts better parts, better prices every day. 120 Nine laps to go. Kevin Harvick continues to be picking them up and putting them down. Only 12 cars now left on the lead lap. The last car on the lead lap is Brad Keselowski running in the number 12 position. And Jeff, you were talking a moment ago about how tight the points were and how things are shaking out here just past the halfway point. You heard Pete Pistone just say a while ago that maybe a fourth place finish might not be enough to secure yourself. You may have to gamble a bit. Well, Truex currently in the fourth spot in the point standings. He only has a three-point cushion right now over Carl Edwards. So Edwards only three positions on the racetrack out of being into next week's final race of the year at Ford Championship Weekend. Well, Brad Keselowski, well, he's running in the 12th spot. We mentioned the last car on the lead lap. He's 22 points out of the top spot, essentially in must-win territory right now. And Kurt Busch, after starting second and jumping the initial start of the race, being penalized with a pass-through penalty. Yes, he's been able to rally back. He's up to the number nine position, Jeff, but he's currently 30 points out of the cutoff. Right now, headed to Homestead Miami Speedway would be Jeff Gordon, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex Jr. By the way, 
away the tiebreaker uh, because it is so close between Truex and Carl Edwards. The tiebreaker would go to Carl Edwards. So three spots on the racetrack. While Carl may not be able to make them up, he may be looking for Truex to lose him, uh, lose them. And right now, Truex, when he looks out that rearview mirror, hears from his spotter. He hears that Kyle Busch is back there. He hears that Denny Hamlin and Paul Menard are back there. This may truly, Alex Hayden, come down to the final lap to, to, to uh, determine exactly who moves on. No question about it. And, and Rusty Wallace, you're a NASCAR Hall of Famer. Your resume speaks for itself. When you know that you're one of these drivers trying to stay inside that cutoff line to race for a championship next week, Plus, conversely, you know you're on the outside looking in. How difficult is it knowing that you're just less than halfway home? Well, I'm a little bit nervous at this point personally about this because I know I got a couple pit stops left yet to go. I come down pit road. I just hope to gosh I don't make a mistake and ruin this for my team by speeding on pit road or something like that. Or maybe what's the call going to be late in this race? Is somebody going to go for two tires versus four tires? And I'll tell you guys, my opinion, when these cars pit between lap 195 and 200, again, I don't think you can do right side tires only. I think you're going to have to go for four tires. I think the ones that try to put right sides on a full run like they're about to do might be in trouble. So some of that strategy that some of the guys need to work, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it because I don't really think the two tires will work late this, in, in a run this late, guys. Now, I mentioned that the tiebreaker would go to Carl Edwards just in case you're wondering how that is figured out. You've got to take the best finish in the prior two races. This is how close this actually is. The best finish for Carl Edwards in the previous two races in the Eliminator round was a fifth-place finish a week ago at Texas. Martin Truex Jr. has a sixth-place finish. Wow. That was at Martinsville. The tiebreaker would go to Carl Edwards. In other words, uh, Winston Kelly Truex right now running for his life. Absolutely. And right now what he's done is he's losing grip on that Furniture Row Chevrolet. So he's not rolling through the center of the corner and not pulling off the corner. So losing grip, and he's back to the eighth position right now. That's four points between our four positions between he and Carl Edwards, and uh, as you guys said, he can't afford to lose anymore. Holding on for dear life and looking forward to that next pit stop, which is still a good, uh, you know, we're getting within that window where they're going to come down pit road. So he's looking forward to come down pit road, trying to gain some more grip from Cole Fern and the crew. Well, if you're just joining us here on Motor Racing Network, yes, indeed, we are live at Phoenix International Raceway. Today, renamed Jeff Gordon Raceway for the 28th Annual Quicken Loans Race for Heroes 500. Welcome back to the Quicken Loans Race for Heroes 500 at Phoenix International Raceway or Jeff Gordon Raceway, if you will, tonight. I'm Woody Kane with this mid-race update. Pit stops beginning to cycle through now. The first one on pit road is going to be the number 22 car of Joey Logano. So far, we've completed 194 laps. There have been six lead changes among five drivers so far. The man of the hour, Kevin Harvick, he's won five of the last six races here. He had built a lead of well over five seconds before that earlier round of green flag pit stops at lap 122. Logano had cut that down to around two seconds before that, but now the green flag pit stops are cycling through again. A competition caution came out at lap 40. That has been the only caution we have had so far this afternoon. Trouble up 
for turn number four. Two cars hard up into the outside wall. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. with a lot of damage, along with Joey Gase, who backed it into the outside wall after contact with Stenhouse. So caution flies for the second time in the race, but there's been pit stops ongoing after a hard crash in turn number three and four. Winston Kelly Logano was the first one on the pit lane. Yeah, Joey Logano came down pit road, four tires and fuel. He had been a little bit tight in the center and loose off. Didn't see any visible chassis adjustments for his machine. Just see Jamie McMurray pull off a of pit road. Uh, Mark Truex Jr. was on pit road. Four tires in fuel. Kevin Harvick had been on pit road. Uh, had to check and see exactly what he did. He may have driven on through pit road. Let's go back out now and cover the accident that has put us under caution flag number two, Kyle Ricky. Yeah, it looked like Joey Gaze was trying to get out of the way, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was having a tough time keeping his car on the bottom of the racetrack. He's actually almost scraped the wall a couple of times here tonight over the course of the last 15 or 20 laps, and it looks like the two just tangled here going into turn number three, and it was Joey Gaze that uh, got the most damage, backed it hard into the outside wall, a lot of right rear damage. That car remains idle the safety crew attending to joey stenhouse was able to pull away also a lot of right side damage and the sparks flying as he continues around the racetrack limping around this phoenix international raceway now prior to that caution flag that accident that brought out the caution flag on lap 195 under the green flag logano truex harvick carl edwards all making pit stops i'll tell you something how we go to Homestead Miami Speed, Speedway may very well be contingent on this caution flag right here at Phoenix on lap 195. Yeah, these guys right now, in my opinion, are lapped down, I believe. And if they're lapped down right now, it's going to be a tough one. They're going to have to get a wave around if they can do that. I'm going to have to sit back and watch them come back around and cycle through here to really see where the running order is right now. But this was not good for Kevin Harvick and the ones you just mentioned. Who it was good for? It was good for uh, Jeff Gordon. It was good for Jimmy Johnson, Kurt Busch, Denny Hamlin, guys like that. They have not pitted yet, and they're in good shape at the moment. So Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Kyle Busch also were drivers who made pit stops there. So tough, tough break with some of these drivers. We'll see how this all shakes out. The only advantage, however, if there's a silver lining, there's only a handful of cars remaining on the lead lap. Harvick lapped up through the top 12, so all may not be lost as the pit lane now is open and the cars who are yet to make their pit stops peel off the racetrack. Jeff Gordon will be the first one to lead the parade down the pit lane. He'll bring it in at 45 miles per hour and work his way all the way down to turn number one towards Winston Kelly. And he's in pit stall number six. He was one of the guys that had not come down pit road, as you said. Kevin Harvick had just pitted, took on four tires, uh, so he made his pit stop, but my monitor showing that he's still on the lead lap. Jimmy Johnson had worked his way up to second. He, too, had not pitted. Both of these Hendrick Motorsports cars are going to get four tires and Sunoco fuel get back onto the racetrack. Those are the only two lead lap cars that had not pitted on this center pit road. Steve Post. Yeah, down here we had uh, Kurt Busch was just in. He had not pitted. It was four tires. Did not see 
any visible adjustments on that pit stop. Also, Denny Hamlin was in, and Brad Keselowski, they continue to fight with a tight handling race car. He was in. Four tires, Sunoco Racing Fuel for Brad Keselowski. Pete Pistoni? Well, the only guy that did not pit in that first sequence and came down pit road was Ryan Newman. He brought the Caterpillar Chevrolet down. They made a four-tire stop, two cans of Sunoco Fuel, and they did make an air pressure adjustment on that race car when he was down here on pit road on that stop. Jimmy Johnson, the first car off of pit road. He does so in front of his teammate, Jeff Gordon, then Kurt Busch, then Denny Hamlin, then Brad Keselowski. Those are the top five cars off pit road brought to you by Five Hour Energy. Not getting enough oomph out of your energy drink? Switch to great tasting Five Hour Energy shots. Learn more at fivehourenergy.com. So, under caution for a hard crash over turns three and four. And Kyle Ricky, there's an awful lot of safety equipment out there right at your feet. Yeah, there was a, a big hit for Joey Gaze upon entry into turn number three. Got into the safer wall at a ton. He is okay. He has climbed out of the car and got into the ambulance and is being taken to the infield care center. But there is, let's see, two, four safety trucks at my feet, along with the wrecker that is uh, in the process of hooking up Joey Gase's car and bringing it back to the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series garage. But very little debris. Should just be another two or three laps before we can get this one back underway. Half of the lead lap cars pitted prior to the caution. Half of the lead lap cars pitted under the caution. We'll re-rack it, reset it. We'll review it all when we come back. 202 laps are now complete. Welcome back to the Phoenix International Raceway. Under caution for only the second time here tonight, Joey Gase and Ricky Stenhouse collided with one another over in turn number four. That has put us under the caution flag. Half the cars on the lead lap had come to pit road prior. Half the cars after came on to pit road when it opened up. And right now it shows Dale Earnhardt Jr. as the race leader. And Kevin Harvick will line up in the second position. Joey Logano will go third on this restart. Kyle Busch is being shown in the number four position while Jimmy Johnson has rallied back from an earlier uh, penalty on the pit lane speeding. He's now up to the number five spot. Jeff Gordon runs in the sixth position. Kurt Busch is seventh after a penalty at the drop of the green flag. Denny Hamlin is eighth. Brad Keselowski up to ninth. And Eric Almarola being shown now in the 10th spot. So we'll expect to see Martin Truex Jr., who is a lap down at the moment. He got pinned a lap down. He is expected to take a wave around. He'll be joined by Danica Patrick and Paul Menard. That, of course, unofficially. They'll take the wave around, and then we'll pick up at the tail end of the field. We do know that Dale Earnhardt Jr. is out front with Kevin Harvick alongside. Looks like it may be raining out over you, Kyle Ricky. Yeah, it's a very light rain, and... and I'll be honest with you, if you weren't looking at the lights, it'd be hard to tell if it was raining. Just so light here at this end of the racetrack, I don't think it, it's hurting the racing surface. Certainly not wetting down the racing surface. Like earlier today, and Dan Hubbard mentioned it, it's the type of rain that as soon as it hits the surface, it evaporates. So uh, hopefully it slackens up just a bit, and it looks like it is here in turns three and four, so hopefully that's a good sign. We'll check the radar when we come back. We have 100 laps to go with Dale Earnhardt Jr. out front here at Phoenix. Kevin Harvick has climbed from his Chevrolet out of the Toyota Camry. The M&M's Toyota Camry goes Kyle Busch headed back to the garage. Joey Logano standing next to his car, perhaps contemplating just exactly what 
next week will look like if it continues to rain here at Phoenix International Raceway. Dan Hubbard, what's the latest there? I am taking cover. The skies have absolutely opened just in the last 30 seconds, Jeff, and it is really pouring hard now down over here in turns one and two. And now it has made its way to the front straightaway and everybody's scrambling both in the grandstands and on pit road trying to get their car covers on those race cars as quickly as possible. Once again here at Phoenix, the skies have opened up. We're under the red flag, Dale Earnhardt Jr. being shown as the race leader. Well, we're getting word right now from NASCAR. This race is official. It is all over here at Phoenix. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is the winner. He is going to victory lane. You will hear from him coming up. Dale Earnhardt Jr. being declared the winner of the Quicken Loans Race for Heroes 500. Kevin Harvick will come home in the second position, followed by Logano, Kyle Busch, and Jimmy Johnson. Moving on now to Homestead Miami Speedway and the four drivers that will race for the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series Championship. Well, they include Jeff Gordon, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex Jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is the winner. Let's go to Pit Road. The celebration must be on. Well, one of them is with Martin Truex Jr. Martin, you are going to Homestead, Miami and racing for a championship. What does that mean? That's yeah, awesome. Uh, just can't say enough about uh, everybody at Furniture Row Racing, what we've accomplished this year. My crew chief, Cole Pern, and everybody there, just uh, really proud of them and uh, really excited to have this opportunity. And you know, tonight was uh, tonight was was tough. We we didn't have the greatest car, but we hung on all night long and really got nervous there when we got caught under that last caution. But uh, all in all, it worked out. And Homestead's going to be a really good racetrack for us. And uh, looking forward to going there with a shot at uh, doing what we've all dreamed of doing our whole lives. Congratulations. Enjoy this week. We'll see you next week. We will. Thank you. Martin Truex Jr., one of the four that will be racing for the championship next weekend. And he will be joined again by Jeff Gordon, Kevin Harvick, and Kyle Busch. You're going to hear from the winner. That's Dale Earnhardt Jr. They'll be pushing that car to Gatorade Victory Lane. We're coming right back. Woody Kane back with you in the MRN Mobile Command Center down in the infield at Phoenix International Raceway. The Quicken Loans Race for Heroes 500 is in the books. Let's go back to the garage area now where Steve Post is standing by. Well, Kyle Busch walking to the media center. That means he's going to meet with the press to talk about a championship run. Kyle, start to put your arms around it. The beginning of the year, the end of the year. Now you're going to run for a championship. Congratulations. I appreciate it. Thanks. It's uh, been a different year let's say than uh, than years past but just happy for the way everything's kind of turned out you know obviously we had a dismal start there in Daytona and unfortunate circumstances kind of had me hindered for the first part of the season but uh, you know what my guys never gave up they had David Reagan in the car Matt Crafton and Eric Jones and they persevered through all of that and was able to uh, you know keep motivation going and keep a strong team lined up for when I was able to return and when I returned, we did a good job, and we won four out of five and put ourselves in a position to make the chase, and the rules are the way the rules are, and we're going to make the most of it. We're playing with house money, so uh, we're rolling to Homestead. Rolling to Homestead. Today's race, from where I sat, looked rather uneventful. Stay out of trouble. Is that how it was, or did you have any issues tonight? Uh, we had a couple issues just uh, getting to pit road. Pit road was a little slick there. I kind of overshot my box and uh, messed us up a little bit there, but uh, my guys really recovered well and was able to give me a good solid stop. and. We were able to rebound out of that and uh, and have a decent day. Come home fourth, you know, I, I felt like we probably would have been a, a top three car. That's about it. So we ended up right where we should have. Congratulations again. We'll see you next week. Thank you.
Dale Earnhardt Jr. is your winner. But first, let's head down to Gatorade Victory Lane. Dale Earnhardt Jr., you had a fast car, but you also right place, right time. Tell us about that uh, pit call when uh, when Greg Eyes brought you down pit road. Did you have any idea the rain was coming? We had an idea that the rain was in the area, but we uh, the, all the circumstances that played out at the end of the race were just kind of luck, I think. But um, you know, I want to give Greg a lot of credit and the guys because they give us a good enough car to, to come here and qualify well. I think the reason why we won this race is because of the way we qualified. They give ourselves a position to be up front all night. If something like this kind of quirky happens, we were able to capitalize. It's uh, you know it's a rain-shortened win, but uh, my guys are very proud of it because of how the car ran all weekend and we put ourselves in this position. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys would love to see this race continue and have an opportunity to race to the chase. If I had four or six inches of Talladega, we'd be going there to Homestead to race for the championship too. So I kind of, you know, it works out for some and some it doesn't. But we'll take this win. This has uh, uh, been a long year, and we put a lot of effort into it, and we're starting to see some things turn, turn around and work for us like we want. And uh, we were fast all weekend, so real proud of this. And that last pit stop, either you made up a lot of time on pit road or the crew did, or a little bit of both. I think when the caution come out, the guys, the four and the 22, had to slow. So, And I'm coming out of my pit box right here at the flag stand, so when I cross the flag stand, I'm scored there. And uh, so I was ahead of the four and those guys at that point. And it just kind of, you know, it's quirky circumstances how it worked out there at the end. Uh, this reminds me of 1981 at Richmond when Dave Marcus won a, won a, won a rained out race there, his last victory. Uh, this reminds me a lot of that. He was just in the right place at the right time, and uh, so are we. If anybody's going to remember history, it's going to be Dale Earnhardt Jr. And Dale, third time here at Phoenix. This has been a good racetrack for you. I really enjoy racing here. Uh, I enjoy, the, you know, the fans here really support this racetrack. You got a lot of, lot of race fans in this area that come out here. Um, this place has got a lot of history, so we love coming here. And, uh, yeah, we've had some great wins here. It's been a long time since we won uh, won at this track. It's good to get another one. Just like Dave Marcus back in 1981, Dale Earnhardt Jr. in 2015 is victorious. Our congratulations to Dale Earnhardt Jr. as the celebration continues down in Gatorade Victory Lane. Gatorade is the official sports beverage of Phoenix International Raceway. Or tonight, Jeff Gordon Raceway. Let's take a look now at the final full field rundown brought to you by Outback Steakhouse. As we said, Dale Earnhardt Jr. gets the victory. Kevin Harvick comes home second. Joey Logano was third. Fourth, Kyle Busch. Jimmy Johnson rounds out the top five. Six through ten, Jeff Gordon, Kurt Busch, Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, and Eric Almarola. Another strong run for him at the end of the season. Eleventh was Ryan Newman. Twelfth, Carl Edwards. Thirteenth, Paul Menard. Fourteenth, Martin Truex Jr. Jamie McMurray was fifteenth. Danica Patrick, sixteenth. Justin Allgaier, seventeenth. David Reagan was eighteenth. Eric Jones, nineteenth. And rounding out the top twenty was Austin Dillon. Twenty-first, Kyle Larson. Twenty-second, Casey Mears, 23rd, Clint Boyer, A.J. Allmendinger was 24th, Greg Biffle, 25th, Casey Kane, 26th, 27th was Tony Stewart, 28th, Matt DiBenedetto, 29th is J.J. Yaley, David Gilliland came home in the 30th spot, Sam Hornish Jr. was 31st, 32nd, Michael Annette, 33rd, Cole Witt, Trevor Bain was 34th, Landon Castle, 35th, 36th goes to Brett Moffitt, 37th, Ryan Priest, 38th is Alex Bowman, 39th, Jeb Burton, 40th Ryan Ellis, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. finished 41st, 42nd was Joey Gase, and 43rd Timmy Hill. That's a look at the finishing order brought to you by Outback Steakhouse. Kevin Harvick finished inside the top 10, so that means you can race into Outback Steakhouse tomorrow, Monday, for a free Bloomin' Onion because of Kevin Harvick's top 10 finish. Outback Steakhouse, no rules, 
just right. So a strange finish to a strange day here at Phoenix International Raceway. Dale Earnhardt Jr. gets the victory. And moving on now as, uh, to Homestead, Miami, the championship for Jeff Gordon, who clinched his spot at uh, Martinsville with that dramatic win. Kevin Harvick locks his up tonight, as does Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. As we mentioned, Carl Edwards missed by five points, unofficially making it into the championship four field. Brad Keselowski was 13, 13 points shy of making it. Uh, 21 points shy was Kurt Busch and Joey Logano, 52 points shy of advancing to the championship round next weekend at Homestead, Miami. A lot to check out on MRN.com leading up to that race next week. We'll have uh, a lot of stuff that we were telling you about earlier in the program from our lead writer, Pete Pistoni. Uh, you can check out all the action there uh, along the week uh, as the week continues to find out what's going on there and don't forget mrn motorsports monday tomorrow we'll have uh joey meyer brad keselowski spotter will be along to help us uh, break down what happened in the race today and we'd like to hear your comments as well let us know what you think on mrn's fan forum hotline you can call 1-844-4-ASK-MRN and leave your message we'll include some of the best in mrn shows and race broadcasts so make it good mrn's fan forum hotline once again 844 844- for Ask MRN, that's 844-427-5676. Here at Phoenix International Raceway, where the Quicken Loans Race for Heroes 500 is in the books. We're hoping to talk to a couple of more drivers before we wrap up our program here. Uh, they're still mingling around in the aftermath of the Quicken Loans Race for Heroes 500 in the garage at Phoenix International Raceway. The rain just got too heavy at the end. They tried to keep the cars on the track for several laps to keep some heat in it and hopefully be able to finish this race under green because a lot of these guys, uh, the final eight racing for the chase, uh, the, the championship four, had good cars and a chance to possibly get themselves a win in the final 100 miles. Kevin Harvick, as we mentioned, was dominant on the night and uh, he was not able to get to victory lane. All right, that's going to wrap it up. We'd like to thank all of our broadcast team, Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, and Rusty Wallace uh, up in the booth, Dan Hubbard and Kyle Rickey in the turns on pit road, Winston Kelly. We also had Pete Pistoni and Steve Post. I'm Woody Kane. Thanks for joining us on the Motor Racing Network here at Phoenix International Raceway. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.